What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Good Anime Palette Podcast. This is episode number sixty-seven. This is Will and Jason, ready to report in, ready to chime in on everything, anything, all of the above, none of the above, some of the above. Of the happenings in the anime and manga weebdom world. Man, you're really doing this Schrodinger's cat of anime, huh? Will they, won't they? But what I will say is I am your co-host, Jason. I am joined, as always, as usual, with Final Fantasy t-shirt wearing Will over here. Yep. All thanks, uh, you know, as a nice token of appreciation from you, actually. This is a shirt you gave me. Actually, my mom. Yeah, your mom bought it. Yeah. Because this is anime. This is totally anime. <laughs> Thanks, uh, Jason Okasa. Yes. Um, so, again, I uh, have to extend uh, slight apologies to, to potential uh, recording issues that came in last time uh, because of the typhoon. Uh, funny enough, one week after that episode came out, we had a massive rainstorm that caused a bunch of landslides across worse. Hong Kong. Way worse than the typhoon, in my opinion. Yeah, there was like a lot of wind, but not a whole lot of damage. It was the rainstorm, on the other hand, that really fucked everything up in Hong Kong. And then it rained again, just like the past, like just yesterday. Um, it was actually a red rainstorm last night. Yeah, at around like eight forty or something. <laughs> yeah, red rainstorm for those who are listening overseas from Hong Kong. It's out of Hong Kong. Uh, it just means you got a shit ton of rain. That's basically what it means. And then when you hear black rainstorm warning, which was, I mean, to put it in perspective. The black rainstorm warning uh, during that weekend was the largest amount of rainfall in the last 150 years. Since 1884 when records were kept. I think how they do it is they measure... Like for with a certain duration, and then they kind of extrapolate. It's but yeah. like over a period of time, if it's like over seventy or eighty milliliters of of rain, then that's like okay, you're you're the city's gonna flood. That kind yeah. of that kind of situation. That, that, that way of calculating how much rainfall there is. But we're not meteorologists, but we can give you the rain and shine that is on anime and manga, and we will. I mean, will. I have not. I have, I have a confession to make. I haven't really watched a lot. I've actually read way more just because it's just easier these days. What to... have you been reading? I mean, you just drop a couple titles, maybe a little quick summary. Oh, anything, sh- anything that stands out? Because because clearly it's like anime wise, it does require at least for you a little more sort of like mental fortitude to get into. But with manga, it just seems to be like it's on my iPad, it's on my phone. I'll just you know read it wherever i am uh so what maybe like one or two things that you've been reading recently that like either is something that you really really like or maybe something we can cover in the future in more depth okay so uh, the reason why manga is more palatable in certain instances is because when you pause and and start and stop an anime like every couple of minutes it's kind of difficult to resume you don't really have the attention whereas with you can just pick up off the chapter you were on, right? Yeah, exactly. So, um, let's see. I, uh, ooh, I mean, shit, you're putting me on the spot. I mean, we. I don't want to talk about Akane Banashi, though, because yet, that's going to... Because yeah. I, I do want to read that one, too. Yeah. Uh, eventually, I keep saying, eventually I'll read it. I mean, I'm pretty sure we will get to it, like, uh, almost 100%. Um, ooh. So I've been reading a lot of manga up because we will be doing some online manga, you know, teasing a bit of a future episode. 
Uh, let's see. I have been reading some GL stuff as well. Some Shonen Jump Plus. I mean, do you... Okay, I mean, I know we're going a bit off tangent. Do you sometimes would read mangas that are not, you know, the hype stuff? Because either you know that there will be an anime due to instinct or because there is an anime, so you're just like, why do I need to read the manga? It, it, the way I go about picking manga sometimes is just if the cover looks cool, then maybe I'll check out a chapter and see what it's all about. But again, like I haven't really logged on to like my manga Jump Plus uh, apps recently. I haven't read a whole lot of manga actually at all. Uh, it's been pretty dormant on my side. I, I have watched something recently, which is more just finishing up a series I started a while ago uh, when we were doing our seasonal reviews. I think uh, two seasons ago, um, I'll just say it. I've been catching up on Skip and Loafer, and uh, it's really good and fluffy. Nothing much else to say other than the you know the fact that you haven't watched it yet. Uh, please get on it. It's probably one of the most relatable anime series that have come out recently. Okay, so uh, I will mention several. Uh, I mean, as you said, and usually this one actually has an anime adaptation announced. That's what got me on that train. Um, Seven Seas Entertainment published. Uh, I mean, I might as well put it in the show notes. Uh, what is Magic Artisan Delia? So, um, do you like patents, Will? Because that's what the manga is about. I thought it was just like, oh, it's an isekai about a girl, and then she grew up in a world where she doesn't like, uh, she loves magic, but she doesn't have really that aptitude. So then there are like essentially alchemists without magical powers that, you know, create products. And she is part of a merchant guild that creates things like hair dryer, shampoo, and she also dispenser. is responsible for applying and hopefully procuring patents for such products. Yes, and how... That like, sounds insanely how dry. Dividends. There is literally... I think I'm at like four volumes in. I, I got all of them off of um, Seven Seas. This sounds way more dry than how a realist hero rebuilt the kingdom. Half of one volume is three board meetings back to back to back. It's just them talking. It's you great. Know, you, you know, this, this sounds like boring and dry as fuck but it's also because the fact that this is like real world shit that people might be able to relate to it hence probably that's why it got an anime adaptation i mean it, yeah it, it, it kind of hits home in terms of like the behind the scenes and how products actually hit the market and how people actually like start like getting products on the market without getting hit with lawsuits yeah so uh just to give credit uh hold on the it is the art is done by Megumi Sumikawa, and the story is written by Hisaha Amagishi. Just so that we have I mean, full credits. Any yeah. news in terms of like when the adaptation will come out, or who it's do, who's doing it, or uh, is that like it's just announced that they're getting an adaptation, and then uh, more details to follow later? If you if you just hang on for like another yeah. twenty more seconds, but I think there's like romance subtext. Obviously, the isekai element doesn't play that much, other than oh, let's me invent this stuff. But then it's like oh, let's make trade agreements. But, I'm just but, like but, but, but isn't that like how a lot of isekais are? Like they're labeled as isekais, but once that character gets transported to the new world, that's basically it. Like no real because because then like that new world becomes the world, and so it's not necessary for people to hammer home. Hey. Don't forget, this is an isekai, okay? We have to remind you that this is an isekai. And so I think one thing, like, it, it, it's not absolutely necessary that, like, they need to have that, like, 
that that overarching tone of reminding people that they're reading or watching an isekai. You know what I mean? Yeah, you know. And I think now the power fantasy wish fulfillment harm is very well established and kind of overdone. So then everyone just kind of tries to figure out what to do with isekais. And I think this is kind of like a new direction, right? The same thing with villainous. It's like this sub-tangent that has gone massive. So it's going on the isekai train. Uh, there is another isekai that I read. Uh, doesn't have an anime adaptation, though. It is, my repair skills becomes a versatile cheat, so I think I'll open a weapon shop. And it's exactly as advertised. It kind of sounds like Handyman Saito, in the sense that like I have skills in the real world that were very underappreciated, but once I got into this new world, all of a sudden I'm a hero. It's one of those where, like, oh, you only had a repair skill. Well, that's kind of fucked in terms of how useless it is. But actually, when you think about the mechanisms of, okay, how does it repair? Oh, you can create something that is broken, so it doesn't have to be weapons. Or maybe it could be something organic. You know, that kind of thing. Okay. So it's kind of weird. Uh, it kind of goes in some interesting directions. What, what sparked this isekai like, train for you? Or is it, was it just like, oh, these happen to be manga that I've been wanting to read, so I'll just read them uh, accordingly the magic artist in delia was because i saw the anime getting an, adapted adapted right? so i was just like what okay it has a 7.02 and i'm like that sounds pretty mid but okay let's read one volume and i'm just like this is like um was it the duke's accomplishments of the duke's daughter or whatever like that kind of dryness that i really like because they really don't mention that much about the isekai element i mean it's there but it's like not really a main focus at all so it's kind of good I mean, the fact that it's, like, with that kind of title, but the fact that the story itself is, like, really dry, I kind of like that. Yeah, it's... Uh, I, I like that juxtaposition of, like, this is going to be some grand magical fantasy, but actually it's just, oh, there happens to be magic, but we're not going to focus on that. We're going to focus on uh, how to stop companies from getting sued for putting products on the market without proper authorization and patents. Yeah, that actually happens at some point. So, um... But I think it won't be a very warm reception just because it's kind of hard for people to kind of delve into, especially yeah. like if you, it's you, in animated forms. Like You would find it hard to see like a season two if it would ever come out, right? Like if it gets like, – because I mean – It's done its job advertising yeah. it. Yeah, absolutely. Actually, no, wait. Realist got a second season, right? Yeah. Yeah, but, yeah. but there's a harem in there. Yeah. Actually, that's probably why. Yeah. I mean there's Juno, right? Uh I should, I should finish season two. Okay, well, so I talked about repairing and opening a weapon shop. I talked about patents, right? But let's talk about home gardening, okay? Wait, another gardening manga? Manga uh, has uh, isekai manga. I grew the greatest home garden with my OP cultivation skill. And uh, it's a mid manga but i really guilty what? pleasure like how it. is that different from farming life not that much different in the sense of the premise but let's say um it's not just plants that grow vegetables and fruits uh without going too much because it's on the cover of the second volume they grow fishes okay like like actual fishes like you know like a corn and then you just like take out like a turnip and you pull out a, a fucking tuna instead yes okay what what <laughs> yeah 
Like, it's not just at that point, like, oh, this herb is, like, super rare, but because you have this home garden skill, you can now cultivate it, right? That's, they do have that part, but it's, like, kind of offhand. Like, Look, I, I appreciate, like, the story with this and, like, how it's a little bit different, but would you say that it's, like, a touch of brilliance and that, like, yeah, this is totally Nisekai, but, like, on a, like, you know, a different, like a different type, a different flavor, or is it just showing that perhaps we're starting to run out of ideas for the isekai genre? I mean, I think we're starting to run out of ideas for the isekai genre, and I think this direction is kind of like the Iashike, like like tangent of the slice of life, where it's like, I can appreciate, you know what I mean? I, I envision that there will be, because you know we had uh, Vending Machine Isekai, uh, not which, that long ago. Which performed terribly, but I still quite like it. Actually. I imagine that there's going to be an isekai where it is a office worker that just dies from exhaustion and gets reincarnated in a new world where he gets or he or she gets reincarnated as a water fountain. And it's in the middle of a palace. And therefore, there's going to be that water cooler talk where people just stand by. and it, that It's going to be a workplace reincarnation isekai will we need to cut what you just said for the last four minutes and then and then write uh the like a novel uh, and, and get someone to patent it and, and get someone to patent it and then hire an artist to draw it because like we got to keep this for ourselves it, it, it's it, it will be released right this this episode will be released it's time stamped yeah. yeah. it's recorded uh we get uh, we'll- and it's not like workplace isekais don't exist yeah, I, I was like counting, like, oh, okay, died of over exhaustion. Okay, okay, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh, water cooler moment. I kind of dig that. Like, it's just a slight tangent, but I just, same way with villainous. I think the premise, oh, you just be like, oh, whatever, but then you can actually do something with it that just makes me feel slightly more invigorated about the isekai genre. Yeah. Sometimes it's like you don't need something to, like, just like, you don't need to reinvent the wheel. Yeah. You, all you need is just a slight change or improvement to be able to get people's eyes on your product. And yeah, look, if you got enough people reading, watching your shit, I think that you can just pat yourself on the back and con- consider that a success, right? Um, like legitimately, this 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 gardening isekai sounds no different from farming life, outside the fact that instead of just growing corn and tomatoes, you can also grow salmon and sardines from your garden too. Yeah, okay. So just so that I also give credit for the other two mangas, uh, let's see. So my repair skill became a versatile cheat, so I'll open a weapon shop. The story is written by Ginga Hoshikawa, and the art is done by Yukimi uh, Inoki, and it is published in English by Seven Seas Entertainment. Oh, Jason, you really like Seven Seas Entertainment, huh? Yeah, I really do. Um, then uh, And that one you can read on Manga Up, right? No, no, no. Uh, I read uh, the the I grew the greatest home garden with my OP cultivation yeah, like, skill question mark on manga. That's album. the one, yeah, yeah. Because we're doing research, teasing a bit of the future. So that manga, the home garden one, the art is done by Suzumi, and the story is written by Shichio Kuzu. Okay. Uh, so right, give give credit where credits due. Yep. The last thing I will say. And I think you can actually, because you really like this manga. You read it a long time ago, but there are several volumes out, so it's been a while. How to Grill Our Love. Do you remember that manga? Oh, my God. Yes, I do. It is a manga that is published in English by Kodansha. The story and the art is written by Shiori Hanatsuka. 
has a 7.72 on my anime list. Uh, What's how- funny as well is that literally last night I had a barbecue. Oh, it's great. Yeah. That, that, I mean, dude, where was I? Uh, this was a little like high school reunion. Unfortunately, we didn't go to the same high school. Uh, still. Where was I? In bed. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways. Um, so this monk, I mean, it's very obvious that the things that I've been reading are more slice of life as because my personal life. Well, current- I mean, I've been also, I've also been watching one of the most slice of life TV shows of all time. Fucking Skip and Loafers. We just need to run away from, we, from we, reality. We're, well. we're just getting old. That's what it is. I, I think it, like I've talked before in terms of like anime burnout, but like, I will always have time for slice of life simply because it's not something that requires me to like get hyped and really like buy into like the power level systems or whatnot. This is just, yo, you got a bunch of ruffians or a bunch of kids or a bunch of adults that are just navigating through life. Like I am like you are and uh, they're doing shit and they seem to be doing okay. That's enough for me. I don't need much else. If they're going to go buy groceries, I'm going to watch them go buy groceries. If they're going to go, the most important yeah, arc. Yeah, that. Well, I mean, not until we start talking about the, you know, like how to grow your love. That one, forget about the groceries. It's the grilling part that I love the most. This, I mean, this this one I can vouch for. And this one I think should get an anime adaptation. We, yeah. we should put it for GAP. I mean, I will at least put it in consideration. And if not, like Look, runner if, up or if, win. If slow loop. With fly fishing can get an anime adaptation, how to grill your love is that is that the name of the thing? Uh, yeah, yeah, that's the English name. Yeah, yeah. that one absolutely should get one because there's not enough gourmet slice of life out there, and if that one gets adapted, you'll hear it from me first and Jason first that uh, we're going to be watching that shit. Okay, uh, slight slight tangent, but it's slightly related to what we're talking about as our main discussion topic is um, the. I think direct translation of how to grill uh, our love and we, is a rare marriage colon how to grill our love. And that is such a good title because the main male character is an office worker. Main female character is uh, like a designer. They meet spur of the moment and basically they elope and they grill food, literally grill food. Literally fall in love through their shared love of and they go hardcore. I had to run it by our culinary uh, genius, Will, over here, Chef Will. There are a lot of, like, ac- accuracies. Like, nitty-gritty. Yeah. Like, they even tell you how to make it. They tell you the process. It's great. How to actually start a fire. How to prevent, like, smoke from ruining the texture and flavor of your food. So good. So, um, if you haven't if you haven't inferred from here, like if ever there is a grill and like someone else is cooking it, I usually just refuse to eat. I, I I'm very nitpicky with that part. We have every time we have Korean barbecue, I just give Will the tongs and be like, "Yo," and I, 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 I like it. It's great because all I do is just sit, drink, grill food, feed people, and then I get to eat too. Like what what's what's the hate about that? I don't have to grill. I can sit and eat, drink and drink. <laughs> And hang out with people. So it, it works out for everyone. So, uh, of course, there are a lot more mangas that I've read. But I think those are kind of the ones that I think are kind of oddballs or have anime adaptations or just downright awesome. Yeah, a Rare Marriage, How to Grill Our Love is, is probably the pick of the bunch for me. But that's only because that's literally the only one I've read out of the four you've mentioned. And I do think that is the strongest one. I, I gave, I think, Delia an eight just because of the dryness, believe it or not. At least up until now, right? Because yeah, it's not complete. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. It's only, I think only like four volumes are out. 
uh, by Seven Seas, and then there's like a million other like stuff that I read. Yeah. But I think there's like sev- there's several volumes for How to Grill Our Love, but only like one or two that are out in English now, right? There are like three, three, okay, three or four, something like that. Yeah, I have it on my iPad, but I didn't bring my iPad, so cool. Okay, uh, I well, I can't believe we had that tangent, but honestly, uh, I kind of dig that. So I love talking about manga these days. Yeah. We will be talking more about manga later on, of course. Uh, we will be going over a uh, a, a manga, a, an online manga platform analysis episode uh, in about two th- two to four weeks. Well, it will be coming out in a month or so. It should be the next. Re- well, I mean, it, yeah, it will be the next episode or the next like after that. Yeah. So within a month, we'll be releasing that. If you guys are interested in learning more about how the manga landscape looks in terms of both paper print as well as online, uh, then be sure to check that episode out. Um, but that's not what we're going to be talking about today. We are now going to be moving off from talking about what we've been reading and watching and skipping the news section, even though we do have news, but it's only because we're going to be slotting it into our topic, uh, our discussion topic today, uh, which is the first Redux episode that we're doing. Yeah. We're actually going to be revisiting a topic that we talked about almost actually over two years ago. We're going to be going over the current landscape of the anime streaming platform for all consumers globally. Now, of course, there's going to be a few disclaimers here and there because we have to. It's, it would not be GAP without some disclaimers. Absolutely. So uh, let me just set the stage for what GAP Redux is. As many of you, uh, dear listeners, would probably know, we have certain ongoing segments like Gotta Watch Them All, uh, ASAP anime series adaptation primer and so on and so forth, right? And we decided to have kind of a slot, if you will, of uh, the GAP Redux and the GAP Retrospective. The Retrospective, because Will did it organically, which was, I think, for 2022 and then 2020, uh, we did a Retrospective. Yeah. So we thought, you know, we should have that kind of as an annual thing, but because... Each podcast season is six months. The next slot we thought would be filled with essentially what I'm going to say is the GAP Redux, which is essentially like an update, whether it is of a particular topic, a number of topics, and essentially because stuff change, stuff alter, and we thought that we would, you know, add an addendum, you know, like an append, uh, what is it called? Like a, an appendix? No, an appendix. A, uh, amendment. Uh, Addendum, yeah. Errata kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. So GAP Redux is essentially this idea. We so far only have one per year. So every other podcast season, but who knows, right? Yeah. We This this may be something that will sort of evolve into more of a reoccurring episodic format uh, that we'll be going forward with. Um, but we're, we're just testing out the waters first and see how it goes. So back on to the anime streaming redux. Now, there are a couple things that we need to stipulate in the beginning, uh, just so that there's no confusion as the episode rolls through. Um, Because we're going to be talking a lot about stats and numbers, and with numbers particularly, we're talking about like pricing. So with regards to money, we will be, as much as we can, referring to the U.S. pricing. So using U.S. dollars as the reference denomination of currency um depending on where you are that may be like okay yeah sure i live in the u.s or i live in canada like the prices aren't that that different uh but if you're like somewhere else like maybe in asia europe south america africa wherever you are um 
apologies. It's just it's it's easier to keep it consistent with one particular currency. Uh, we will we should also apologize to our Hong Kong listeners, which I know that there's a lot of you because we forgot to mention that we will also have Hong Kong dollars just because we live in Hong Kong and a lot of our plans are in Hong Kong dollars. So we might as well just tack that on as well. And there are certain things that are unique, at least to the Hong Kong region, because we live here that we know for a fact is not available in the US, for example. So, but other than these two regions, it's kind of really difficult because there are just so many regions, each with their different price structures and stuff. Also, um, because it, it all these platforms are global, so all these like sub subscriber numbers, user registered numbers, we're gonna have to be sometimes a bit pedantic about it, a bit dry, and some of them may not be one to one. You know, things like a subscriber doesn't necessarily mean obviously a registered user, and we'll get into that. Uh, I think the last thing that we shall mention is about VPNs. So. It is kind of this weird tangent subject that is tangentially related to a lot of things. But I think Will and I both made a decision that, hey, if people are sponsored by VPNs, openly discuss, you can use it to essentially access other content and whatnot. I think it's fair game. Yeah. And not to mention as well, a lot of the content that we have consumed has been through the use of VPNs. So without yeah, full it, disclosure, yeah. it would have been difficult for us to put together the podcast in the first place. Did we do it with malicious intent? Absolutely not. We only managed, we, we were, for lack of a better wording, uh, we are essentially using it for broadcasting and educational purposes. <laughs> we have to say that? Yeah, sure. It's so educational, Will. Because we're, we're teaching everyone the gospel of anime and manga. Like, that, that is like the, the highest claim that you can give in terms of like, teaching and preaching no it's not uh, educational it's uh prolific it's religious this is the gospel this is the church of is this about time when we start saying that we are actually a (laughs) non-profit no we're not we're not doing that no we're not doing that but case in point if you do use vpns to watch your stuff we're not gonna like shun you or whatnot like we we do it too and as much as it is a great area topic i think for the purpose of today's episode we will just say what we've watched and whether or not we use VPNs. Like, I don't think it really matters yeah. at this point. If everyone is officially sponsored and are out in the open with it, I think it's just fair game. So, yeah. So on to the topic. Now, over the last two years, since we started talking about streaming platforms, at the time, the two platforms we primarily focused on was Crunchyroll, which I is episode four, four, and episode 14, I think, which was, was Netflix, Netflix, right? We had uh, some I actually, looked right, I actually looked that up right before we started recording, yeah. just to make sure I was consistent with that. We um, had a streaming yeah. war BP. We, we did, we did. But that was like more sort of like just like on a glance kind of thing. Like, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm, you've mm-hmm. seen what's been going on with like all these streaming platforms, like pulling shenanigans to ruin the like the streaming experience of consumers and whatnot. Oh, oh yeah, and don't worry, listeners, shenanigans will be discussed in this episode as well. So yeah. it's not it's completely on the table. So, um, so yeah, over the last two years, a lot of shit has changed in terms crazy, of crazy, yeah. dude. Like, you know, just like list over uh, all of them, or they just. I mean, we can kind of just so what. I'm thinking is we kind of have a general vibe check of the anime uh, streaming platform in terms of how we feel about it. Obviously, we'll, then we'll go into specifics of each platform. Obviously, there will be Crunchyroll, Netflix, so on and so forth. There will be high dive, and we will like discuss those. 
but I do think it is without a doubt, in my opinion, the biggest change is the Crunchyroll Funimation merger. I think irregardless of just talking about Crunchyroll on its own later on, that sto- news story, that that is huge in terms of anime streaming. Like I would say it is the most important thing in like several years. Yeah. If not longer. Another one in terms of like acquisitions was AMC acquiring High Dive and Sentai. Yes. Uh, which did mean the closure of the Verve platform. I'm so sad. I, I really liked Verve. And we will explain what that is when we talk about uh, High Dive slash Sentai. Um, oh, yeah. One thing I do want to amend in terms of our disclaimers. There are certain streaming services either due to it being limited to North America that we just decide to forego just because they are either too niche, believe it or not, like Retro Crush or things that we just couldn't get to that we thought, hey, like Tubi, um, I don't know. It does have anime on there, but because of the fact that it's restricted to North America, it's difficult for us to talk about it uh, on a global scale. But hey, look, if you use those platforms to watch anime, keep at it. Yeah, um, um, fun- it, yeah Funimation yeah. doesn't exist anymore, but we obviously, it's, it's a huge, important, I mean, like X company, I guess. So then it will be mentioned here. But I guess things like Amazon's an- anime strike and stuff like that. Yeah. Like we're just going to like not mention that, it. Because that, that's been dead in the water for like eight years. And I think Toonami is kind of coming back-ish. I don't know. So- well, they'll always have like a cycle of like anime on their on their scheduling every month. Um, I, oh, so I yeah. heard FLGL did terribly. FLCL? F- oh, sorry. Yeah. Fully Cooly Grudge, I think. Grunge? I heard did really bad. I mean, you you and I both have similar thoughts about Fully Cooley. Yeah. It's not that great. But I think like even the avid fans are like, what the fuck is this? But okay, uh, we are, we're going off tangent. So let's talk about overall. So we have mentioned a lot about uh, Crunchyroll Netflix and kind of a little bit about the streaming wars in general. Uh, so... If you want to listen to those episodes, feel free. I think it's like, especially because we dedicate a huge amount of time in those platforms, we kind of wanted to now have an update, really. Yeah. Um, so I think one of the things with mergers, acquisitions, is just the sheer shift in terms of the quote-unquote number of companies or players or corporations. Let's just call it players in the anime war, yeah. right? Anime streaming war. It has changed significantly. Things like New Kid on the Block with Disney Plus, things like obviously Funimation not existing anymore. Like, the uh, the Dark Horse, like you know, starting to gain its stride and you know reach its its goal of trying to be the other anime streaming platform in High Dive. Yeah, that right. one's definitely grown a lot in the last six months. And believe it or not, uh, Will and I don't have completely a hundred percent negative things to say about Netflix, at least uh, especially within Hong Kong. There are certain things that are just more unique. But it doesn't mean that uh, we aren't going to rant a few things about them. Hey, every child has its problems, right? So let's get to it. So, Will, what is like your general vibe check of the landscape these days? There's way too many options, which is, you know, in, in, in terms of like you being a consumer, it could be a good thing. Because it just means it's like, oh, I want to watch this stuff. Oh, it's only on that platform? Okay, well, I guess I'll cancel whatever subscription I had before and just move to that. Or, you know what? Now that there's so many for me to put, uh, to pick and I have the the means to be able to subscribe to all of them, why the hell not? Have the full catalog. Um, for me, I, okay, 
So between you, me, and like our, our family members, because we all have shared accounts and whatnot, we have like Crunchyroll, we have Netflix, Disney Plus, uh, we also have Amazon. High Dive, Amazon. Um, we don't have Hulu, uh, but that's just because why we already have five platforms that we usually consume our anime from. So oh yeah, Netflix. Yeah. We uh, yeah. Yeah. So, so we actually have, I would say, more or less like 95% of any given anime on offer. Yeah. And remember, specifically anime streaming. So we're not talking about like Peacock. We're not talking about HBO. We're not talking about what other like, like even like ESPN Plus and stuff like that. Like, it's, yes, those are streaming platforms, but not anime centric. So we're not going to cut for those. Yeah. And sure, Netflix, obviously, it's in terms of anime, it's kind of like a subsection and albeit maybe slightly larger, a lot larger than what it was. But Netflix, come on, we can't ignore it, so we have to talk about it. But we will try to focus as much as we can on specifically anime, because obviously good anime podcast, right? Uh, One of the things that I think is like the most shitty but natural way of things is accessibility. Now, I was of a huge proponent of, yo, accessibility has been better than ever, right? And I think we even had a BP on it. But the issue becomes when things are either not informed or things just we don't know, right? Or because of the fact that there is a lot more accessibility, it does mean that the companies now have to try and gain exclusivity. Exactly. Right? If, if, if something is available on every single platform, it basically dilutes that platform itself. It's like, we got Naruto. Okay, but so do they. And so do they. And so and, do they. And sometimes dilutes the IP as well yeah. of, the, of, of the streaming company, right? Yeah. So- and it's not necessarily a negative thing. It's just in the end, it's like, there's a reason why people choose to buy a PS5 or an Xbox. There's exactly. a reason why people choose to use iPhones or Android, right? Like Sometimes you have those kinds of company or like property allegiances uh, that that exist for the very purpose of I as a consumer want to buy a specific thing and that's what I'm going to do. Yeah. So if I if I can access it everywhere, then what's the allure behind it? Like, is there any mysticism left in terms of like using this product when everybody else has it? Wait, why do I have to pay for this other subscription fee when the one I have pretty much has all of the stuff that you just mentioned because it's not exclusive, right? Like, yeah, come on. Like, if you're only watching anime, realistically, if it wasn't for the exclusives on Netflix, you wouldn't have a Netflix subscription. You would just have Crunchyroll and maybe High Dive, right? But because of that, there is some exclusive content, not necessarily just because Netflix produces it, but because they also have exclusive rights to broadcasting it. That's probably why you still have a Netflix subscription. Yeah. And obviously within Japan is a whole different ballgame. Oh, God, yeah. Like, let's not talk about that. So we are mainly focusing on outside of Japan, international or North America, essentially, is what we're going. Because really, Japan does its own thing inside of Japan, honestly. Uh, But uh, the reason why also I thought this was a good uh, GAP Redux topic, not only because it's so massive and we talked about it endlessly and there's so many updates. But like just how shitty some of... Like, for example, I think uh, Netflix lost the rights of Naruto, but not Naruto Shippuden or something like that. And then now there's even a Netflix, like, email alert of things that will be off our platform, so don't miss out. And I'm just like, bro, you 
you spun this into kind of like a feature is just like a little scummy. I get it. I understand licensing is like that, but like, damn, like, well, it's, it's like when McDonald's do like, you know, limited drops of a specific nugget sauce. It's like it's here for a limited time only. And you know, damn well, it's going to come back in like six months time. Right. Like it was, it's, it's, it's like the, the McRib. It's the McRib. Yeah, it is the McRib. Of anime and manga. That's what, that's what Netflix does. Or wait, what was the Olive Garden one? All you can eat pasta. Oh yeah. I think it's like nine ninety nine bottleless pasta, but really like how much pasta can you actually eat? Yeah. I don't know. I, I can eat a lot of pasta, but I've never eaten at Olive Garden before. So, well, when you're there, you're family apparently. So anyways, <laughs> um, listen, listen, Will. uh, so one of the things that also, you sure, you can say like people lose uh, the rights and distribution, you know, even within video games, there's timed exclusives versus full on exclusives, which is a thing within the streaming platform as well when it comes to licenses. One of the things I actually like is a pet peeve that is newly developed due to COVID is unfortunately the victim of Uncle Isekai, Uncle from Another World. Uh. Because it was it's exclusive on Netflix, no problem with that in, in essence, especially because we have a Netflix subscription. But the issue is the COVID delays. We all, you and I know, we talked about it on the podcast, but the huge majority of people did not know. So for the longest time, I think episode seven, yeah, seven, it was just like iced out for like months, and everyone thought like, oh, that what was it? And then either the mouse score decreased or all our friends and family was like that was a really shitty finale what was even shittier for me specifically is you know sometimes you'll get like an update or like a little uh notification from netflix hey don't forget to check this out or don't miss this and it will be uncle Lisa gets oh it's back i open it up it's still episode seven like what the fuck why are you doing this i've watched all seven episodes already yeah or it says it's coming back but then it at that time, they don't but, tell you when. They don't tell you when. So you're just like, I'm not gonna be that guy and check every day. So it's just like, what, like, what's going on there? It's like the, the, it's not informing your audience. Like, we paid for the subscription, we want to watch it, but like, you're not even telling us when. And I don't think it's due to any limitations, like statute of limitations or signing an NDA yeah. or whatever. They just. And also, like, let us be clear as well. We're not putting any blame on a production company that that was behind. Um, that was behind Uncle Isekai, much in the same way that like Kubusan also got delayed. Near Automata, the anime adaptation also got delayed. We're not saying that like we're, we're frustrated with COVID-related delays. What we're frustrated with is when companies decide that you know profit before health. You know what? Like we hold the rights to all this. We're not going to be doing anything with this until we have you know full control over this property. Make sure that it's all done and then we release it. Like. I mean, that's I, I, even I get, okay. I, I get why you're doing it, but it comes to the detriment of the consumers that pay to use your platform. Like, to me, that is more understandable. But what I don't get is when I clearly know the date of when it will be released again due to us going on, like, Anime News Network. But then when I go to Netflix, all it says is, oh, they will return. And I'm just like, why? Yeah. Like, like, you announced it. You actually announced it as a press release, but you don't put it in the platform where the majority of people would be watching it and seeing that piece of yeah, news. It will return, but that's because it will return on Japanese TV where they broadcast it weekly as opposed to on Netflix where it doesn't. So I can't know. believe Netflix jail came at like the weirdest yeah. time when we were praising it not being in Netflix jail. 
Yeah. Then all of a sudden, that's that. So that was like kind of my pet peeve on kind of misinf not misinformation, but just not informing or just not actually benefiting everyone by knowing when things will be returned or lost. Like it really right? should have just been definitive. They should have exactly. just made a release. Again, it's just one specific series, so they really don't have much like responsibility in just making a press release on one specific thing. But at the very least, just like have a team, have a PR team that just says, hi, fans of Uncle Isakai on Netflix. We're sorry about the delays. We're doing everything we can to make sure our staff are healthy and can, can you know, get back to work in a good capacity until we have clarification on when it will release. Uh, we'll keep things moving forward until we have a confirmed date of return. Yeah. And then yeah, that never happens. Yeah. And, and yeah, okay, you did put a plus press release, but put it in front of the eyes of the consumer because no one checks press release other than Will and I and like content creators and people that are dedicated followers. So it's just. And also, I, I don't understand why you wouldn't because it doesn't serve as a disadvantage to you. It actually serves as an advantage if you inform. But okay, look, that's maybe there is stuff like we don't know, right? Yeah. The other thing that I will mention is about, as you said, licensing rights is exclusives. So there are exclusives abound nowadays. Um, Disney Plus, I think, is another platform that is the new kid on the block that Will and I actually have a lot of very positive things to say at the moment about the platform. We'll oh, get dude, into that. Heavily in Delusions and fucking Summertime Render, some of the best things I've ever watched. And yeah, exclusive yeah. on Disney Plus. There's wait, wait, also wait, no, no uh, Tatami Time Machine Blues? Uh, I haven't even finished episode three yet. So Fair enough, but it's there. Um, so... Uh, high dive, obviously, with Oshinoko. We can't not talk about Oshinoko. Holy and fucking shit! And there's shit. a bunch of exclusives on Netflix, and well, not as, many, not as originals. Yeah, not as many yeah. on Crunchyroll. But again, because of the fact that they are like the de facto anime streaming platform, it's not likely that they need to have exclusives when you pretty much have like ninety percent of the world's anime catalog under your roof. Uh, that being said, though, Tower of God season two is incoming. I think that it really is a Netflix original. Uh, Fly Me to the Moon. Yeah, Crunchyroll. Yeah. Uh, Tony Kawa, Fly Me to the Moon is just ended their like four-episode special, which was really good about school uniforms. So it, it's not like it's dead in the water, but it's kind of really not it's that stagnated great. stagnated a bit, yeah. yeah. Way after like the Webtoon exclusive started coming out, that's when it's like, wow, there's been nothing coming out of Crunchyroll other than just licensing what's already supposed to come out anyway. Which is also really good. If you are a Crunchyroll subscriber. So the last thing I will mention within like the general vibe check is the huge emergence, in my opinion, of Western anime. So I I would say Yasuke is not great for a lot of people, despite the awesome, awesome soundtrack. Uh, but Castlevania also has been, I think, has its last season or something. Mm. And that is, in my opinion, one of like the first more like the, the, east meets the, west i'm not talking about avatar the, the, the last the first Airbender the first actual like dabbles into anime that netflix had outside of actually just streaming anime on their platform yeah exactly and of course you could say like what about avatar the last airbender like this is more i guess more it it, it rather than being influenced by asian culture what, what about what about league of legends i know i'm, I'm yeah. Get, I, yeah. I, yeah i am getting to that yeah, yeah, yeah. uh of course uh cyberpunk edge runners being the massive hit that it was yeah sure it came and went but it's still i mean the balls of crunchy roll to be like yo 
spoiler alert, guys, anime of the year, Cyberpunk Edge Runners. I was like, what? And we were like watching the stream live and kind of didn't believe it. It was great, but okay. It was a massive slap to the face for Crunchyroll, but it was also like a massive fist bump, like raising like everyone's fists in the air for like Netflix. Crunchyroll slapped themselves and it was like, yeah, that felt good, essentially. Yeah. But it was also good to see that they were, I guess, impartial to it, right? At the very least, it's like, at least you're not just loading everything, just Crunchyroll the whole time. Right. And uh, let's talk about lanes. Let's talk about jungles, which is none of what is present in arcane which is such a good show such a good show but is it anime uh i mean that's 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 the age-old question do we have 50 hours to debate and incur the wrath of everyone and anyone at this point we will maybe we'll get to that but 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 it is not the discussion that we will have here but nonetheless i do think arcane had a massive push behind the advertising uh, pop culture. I mean, MOBAs and League of Legends is just massive in general. But I mean, the production quality behind it was just fucking fantastic. It was great. Even though I don't give a fuck about League of Legends, I have to admit it was a very good-looking show. Arcane is great. Um, so that is kind of this emergence of more Western anime or, like, the hybrid of, like, e- like Eastern production companies but with Western creators, right? With Yasuke, for example. I mean, they had Super Crooks not that long ago either. Exactly, with um, Mark Millar, Mark Miller. I don't know, still to this day. I'm too lazy to... Are, ch- they, are they doing the... Um, that Marvel one? Not the Marvel one. Uh, Which one? Is it, the, is it the Justice League Isekai? Or yeah, 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 yeah. The Suicide Squad Isekai. Suicide so- Isekai. That looks fucking fantastic for some reason. Like, the trailer footage is just like, yeah, I'll see Joker and Harley Quinn with a dragon in the background. Fuck yeah, let's go. Yeah. So, I mean, who I mean, knows? I, I, could... ha- I have my fill with Batman Ninja, so I'm, I, I'm, or Ninja Batman. I, forget, I, I keep forgetting if it's Ninja Batman or Batman Ninja. I think it's Ninja Batman. Mm, okay. Um, but I'm not sure either. Uh, look, it could go to shit with Suicide Squad Isekai, but it just sounds so wacky that it just might work. Yeah. So... So that's that's the general vibe check of uh, the anime streaming platforms uh, over the last two years. A lot of mergers and acquisitions, a lot of exclusivities, a lot of delays and mismanagement um, from production companies. Oh, yeah, and a lot of payment plans. Get ready for that. Yeah. Do we have time to go over that? I mean, we'll go per platform, right? Yeah. Or, or do you want to do like a general? We'll just do it quite generally, I think, because one, if we go per platform, we will run out oh, of time. hold on. We'll... Just hold on. We have an ad incoming. Oh, wait. Didn't you pay for a subscription? Who gives a fuck because this is the ad-free plan? This is, even though I paid money, that you still get ads because you didn't pay enough. Holy fuck. What the hell? Things are just, the landscape is so infinitely more complex, whether it is the more amount of services and then the fighting of the licensing to what payment plan is right for you. And I and I mean that not in like a sarcastic way. Like it's just some like the Disney Plus one is dumb. Netflix has an ad free plan that you have to pay for as well. Yep. Uh, Crunchyroll still has a free plan with ads, so that one is a good one. But, but there's problems with that, which we will get into as well when we get into that platform. So I think let's talk about the more uh, the minor leagues before we get to the major leagues, right? Yeah, let's do that. Yep. What do you want to start with first? Uh, you you pick first. Okay. Let's talk about YouTube. So you might go, Jason, YouTube is massive. What the fuck are you talking about? I'm talking about a specific Taiwanese company 
that does, so it's mainly within Asia, called Muse. Muse Asia is a Taiwanese co- distributor and licensing uh, company that specializes in distributing anime. Great. What does that got to do with YouTube? They have a YouTube channel, uh, and they have it almost, I, I, I show you a screenshot, Will, of all of the different regions. And they also have, like, their own parent Muse Asia. And there are, like, millions of users, like, in total. Some of these channels have millions. I think Hong Kong also has a Muse Asia uh, channel. Let me double check that real quick. And you might go, Jason. So yeah, that one has 339,000 uh, subscribers. Uh, the, which Hong, is, which the Hong is, Kong yeah, one? Yeah, which, yeah, yeah. Which yeah. is far less than the Taiwan one. Of course, makes sense. Yeah, the parent Muse Asia has 6.34 million subscribers. So you might go, Jason, who gives a fuck about uh, Asia, first of all? But okay, fuck you, because... <laughs> Racist. <laughs> yeah, the hell. Anime is also established in Asia, guys. So uh, the thing about Muse Asia that is unique is, A, it's within YouTube's ecosystem, because they are a YouTube channel, because it's really it's actually free in 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 essence you can go online now to you know like muse india there's a a thailand one and you a vietnam one as well yeah yes so it's completely free a hundred percent no if like ands or buts but here's the thing sorry there is a but um they are also current so it's not just batches of like oh old stuff I'm literally looking at the Hong Kong Muse Asia channel right now, okay? First of all, they have like live watching parties, which is kind of interesting. But then here, the latest episode of The Great Cleric, Jobless Reincarnation. Um, let's see here. Villainous, um, the Isekai Villainous, the last yeah, yeah, yeah. episode from Villainous to Savior. It's all there in its entirety. And the reason for that is because the CEO of Muse Asia kind of is like, well, fuck piracy. So let's do this our way and have these licenses free and then essentially get the ad revenue, right? Like AdSense, which is through the YouTube, yeah. Google algorithm. It's interesting as well because the fact that this is coming from Taiwan and we know how strong diplomatic relationships are between Taiwan and Japan – and also the fact that if Japan is releasing something in terms of a manga, you know damn well that within a week, you're going to be getting Chinese translations shipped out to Taiwan as well. So I'm pretty sure they're, they've got some good buddy-buddy terms and be able to get favorable license agreements to be able to do this for free in the first place, right? Uh, now, this does come with a caveat, though. As much as this is all free, and this is also predominantly in Asia, it does mean that, of course, the subs are going to be in the respective Asian languages, but this is also something I just read too. They're hard coded. Exactly. They're not closed captions that you can choose to turn on or off or switch to different languages according to which platform you're on. And 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 my theory into that, my speculation is because it is tied per region. So then you can't rip the YouTube video in, in a certain way. It might also just be part of the license agreement too. Exactly, yeah. right? But uh traditional Chinese is available for the Muse Hong Kong. And obviously, you can still access, I think, other regions as well. Yeah, you can go to Taiwan, you can go to Thailand, you can go to, to Vietnam, and you can watch it in those respective sub-languages too. But again, they will be hard-coded. Yep. So, but, hey, it's free. So, 
what more can you like criticize about it? And it's like the most up to date stuff. Maybe I think it's not simulcast. I don't. I'm not entirely sure. I didn't check like the timestamps yeah. of but it. The, but the fact that you can get pretty frequent updates on current anime is great, especially here in Asia. Right, or if you're overseas and you know you you want to watch anime, but you don't want to watch Netflix, but you happen to be able to read one of these languages, you're in luck. And it's easily accessible due to the YouTube platform. So Muse Asia to me is like doing the Lord's work, you know, the cat gods, cat lady gods, goddesses work. Yeah. Now, as a, a quick mention for another Asia representative as well, uh, Billy Billy is a platform that we've mentioned a couple times simply because there's a lot of Chinese anime, uh, like for instance, Link Click, that has been uh, you know making waves and being super popular. Uh, the Billy Billy platform is similar to other platforms uh, like Crunchyroll, Netflix, and whatnot, and that it is relatively region locked. So the Chinese, the mainland Chinese platform for Billy Billy is a lot thicker than it is elsewhere in Asia, elsewhere around the world. So it, there, there is some exclusivity in that sense. It's it's geographic exclusivity. But one thing I do want to mention with the Billy Billy platform is that they have a fuck ton of anime on there, along with all the other stuff that like you can watch, like Asian movies and TV shows and whatnot, dramas and all that. Um, and they have two different kinds of subscription plans. Now, I'm not saying that like oh the the monthly and the uh, the 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 annual subscriptions. Uh, there's also the free one too. But they have one which is purely a a, a mobile uh, subscription, which is kind of interesting because usually the mobile is not its separate plan. It's yeah. usually like included, right? Yeah. So it has like a mobile only is kind of cool. Yeah. So mobile only in this sense means if you're accessing Billy Billy through, uh, through like phone, tablet, or laptop, it's 15 yuan, which is roughly $2 US a month. Wait, uh, you can access via the laptop? Yeah. Oh, it has to be through an app though, right? Not like their web client? The web client. But because of the fact that there's also a lot of like smart TV airplay functions, like if you watch on your phone, you can throw it onto a smart TV and watch it. To do that, you have to pay an extra 10 yuan or an extra dollar fifty to do that. Uh, one thing I really am like loving these anime streaming platforms that they have is uh, airplay plus picture in picture. To me, is like the, probably the most like random thing that I really like about things like youtube or crunchyroll or netflix that to a lot of people is kind of whatever but i love picture in picture mode yeah so that, just a quick mention on billy billy that's about it uh lots of anime there all in chinese unfortunately but no it's like chinese sub right uh and also it's 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 insanely cheap but if you're not in china it's very hard for you to be able to watch that stuff so uh that's why it's a quick mention because there's not a whole lot of information on there that i can actually find uh I think the next thing that we'll talk about going off of these two platforms is essentially, rather than a subscription, uh, what about movie rentals? Mm. So a lot of the streaming platforms that we will be talking about and that we have talked about, in most cases, always the TV series gets the spotlight, as it always does because it's in a rotation you know, with anime movies, there's like the theatrical run and then it comes out on streaming platforms and or physical media, believe it or not. Yeah. So unless it's like a, like a platform exclusive, like some of the stuff that comes out on Netflix or Crunchyroll. Like, like the Violet Evergarden movie, for example. Or Bubble. 
Bubble. Right? Actually, Bubble's a great one, actually. Yeah. And it could have theoretical runs, like theatrical want runs, but yeah. but yeah. It'll run concurrently, right? But for the most part, when it comes to anime movies, like Jason said, it goes through theatrical release, Blu-ray, DVD releases, and then afterwards, maybe in 6 to 12 months' time, then it'll go onto a respective uh, anime platform, a yeah. streaming platform. And it's really... Uh, rarely do you get a lot of attention to anime movies, whether it is through the consumer or through like the licensors, right? Of course, you get like the bubble through Netflix, the bubble movie. You get uh, words bubble up like soda pop. Uh, for some reason, they're both bubble-ish related. But more often than not, the it seems to me at least uh, as like an observer, the licensing agreements for anime movies are just harder to deal with or harder to get yeah. such that even if you don't get exclusive rights, it's just rarer to to obtain. Yeah. But the avenue to rent them, especially even relatively soon, is very, very doable through things like Apple TV, Google Play, and even YouTube. You can rent it out. So essentially within like the next like 48 hours after you purchase it, which some of them are quite affordable. Hong Kong dollars, some of them are like $28 Hong yeah. Kong. Yeah, U.S. dollars, like I've seen movies go for $2.99, $3.99. Yep. Uh, the, if it's like super hype and exclusive or whatever exclusive means, uh, then I've seen it go as high as $8.99. But generally, that's the range. And like when you compare that to like the price of a movie ticket, yeah, that that's a lot more favorable. Yeah, and maybe you do have to wait because it's not... Uh, it's because it's in theater, so it's not on the platforms. Or maybe there is like a, you know, like a delay or even sometimes a simultaneous release. But things like Inuo is a, a very hype Yuasa film that Will and I really need to sit down and watch. But we can't watch it anywhere else except if we rent it through things like Google Play. That is freely available for us to rent. We can just sit down and watch it, have our fill because we don't really need to revisit it or if we want to. We can either rent it again or buy, I guess, a digital license copy or buy the Blu-ray, which is already kind of expensive and rare because we don't have a Blu-ray player other than PS4, right? For a lot of us, no one uses discs anymore. Very rarely do people actually buy physical media. Yeah, and you can set up like a bunch of us, you know, in a room and watch it. So it, it the that avenue is definitely technically obviously considered anime streaming. But it is not your typical... It's not your standard one, which comes with a subscription plan. It's more just paying a fee to be able to access something for a limited period of time. Usually, I think it's like you, you, you get like seven days or like four days access. Like Basically, like... You have to watch that movie within a specific period of time, and then you lose access to it. Exactly, which is fair game, right? Yeah, if you're gonna be fair. If you're renting a movie, you better damn watch it and not just waste your money, right? Exactly, and it is mostly pertaining to anime movies. I'm not sure if they even have like series to rent. I, I don't hold me to that. Maybe Amazon Prime or whatever has those features, but mostly, if I would really put my foot down, it is more of a anime movie type yeah. scenario. Yep. So. Uh, shout outs to that because that is a lot of ways the only way to really watch some of these movies because you can't go to theaters. Yeah, I mean, especially during like COVID. It's a lot easier now, but even then it's like movie prices are kind of steep still. Yeah, I mean, think about it if you live in also, okay, let's say COVID wasn't an issue because even though it is like a, a you know a persistent issue currently, but let's say you live in America, you live in Nebraska, but then there is a showing in Seattle and New York because it's 
a theatrical It's a limited run, yeah. And you're just like, well, shit, I really want to watch it, but I'm not going to get a ticket and then get a movie ticket and then buy or even like get a hotel, you know? I love that you picked Nebraska of all places. I was thinking somewhere like in the Midwest, like middle like section, right? And I was just like... Do you think there's a lot of uh, anime fans out in Nebraska, Idaho, Wyoming... I think there are a lot of anime fans that will not readily say it. Yeah. But there has to be. I know Purdue University has a lot of weebs. I know this. I fucking know this. I mean, there's definitely a lot of weebs in you know, UC Santa Barbara just because the, the, all, all, all UC schools are like 50% Asian. Yeah. <laughs> and you're on the coast. Yeah. But, but um, I don't know if they still do that anymore. But shout outs to playing DDR in the Purdue Student Center. So uh, it was great. Great times back yeah. then. Uh, so, okay. Which one do you want to do next? Do you want to do High Dive or you want to do Disney Plus? Because High Dive is straightforward. It's been great. Uh, I, I, I don't watch a lot of stuff on High Dive. I know you do okay, from time to time. But the reason why we wanted to talk about High Dive is we never really gave it much mention two years ago simply because it was a very much like dormant platform. There wasn't a whole lot on there. It was kind of like the ugly stepsister or the stepbrother of Crunchyroll in that, yeah, you got anime there, but like what's there that's not on Crunchyroll? And now they can say, well... We got one of the best performing anime series of all time exclusively on our platform. Oh, well, now Oshinoko is also on Netflix, but if you wanted to watch it when it released, you had to go to High Dive. And boy, so, that two-hour theatrical release for the first episode had everybody on their knees. So technically, I think Oshinoko is only out Netflix Hong Kong, maybe? I'm not sure I about, haven't checked on U.S. But yeah. definitely... Netflix Hong Kong has uh, Oshinoko because I even I watched it yep. on Netflix as well. Uh, so High Dive, as I mentioned several times, you know, in the span of the the life of this podcast, is a soft spot because they're kind of like the little guy, the David versus the Goliath of Crunchyroll or Netflix, right? Uh, I don't think it's the ugly stepsister. I just think it is. The hot stepsister that shows up every once in a while. That's how I see it. The hot edgy one. The one that ran away but came back just because, you know, For free family meal. gatherings yeah. and you're just like, who is that person? Oh, it's High Dive. I haven't seen High Dive in a while. How's she doing? Oh, Oshinoko. Shit. Okay, damn. She went through a transformation. Yep. So, uh, the Netflix, uh, sorry, Netflix. The high dive price structure is actually very affordable. It's it's, it's reasonable. Yeah, four ninety nine per month or forty seven ninety nine for a year. Uh, you can also opt in for a seven day free trial. Yeah, I think a lot of places either is seven days or thirty days for high dive. It's seven days. They also do not have an ad, f- uh, you know, free with ad tier, unfortunately. And uh, their regions are mainly North America and certain places in Europe. And I think South America as well. Hong Kong is not included, but uh, that doesn't mean you can't access it technically. Um, One of the things that I think is a really sad fact about High Dive is its detachment from Verve. So Verve had to detach itself because I think Verve is a Warner thing, right? Uh, yeah, it was. Warner Brothers yeah, yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. And Verve, I don't even know what Verve stands for, but VRV, Verve, is essentially a package deal where you can watch 
uh, at that time, I think High Dive, Funimation, I kind of want to say Hulu, but I'm not entirely sure. But at least Funimation and High Dive, at least that's what I used it for back then. Uh, because at that time, I had a Crunchyroll and Netflix subscription. I still do. But at that time, I used Verve as a way to access the other things that I couldn't access. Um, and Verve uh, canceled uh, their services uh, September 30th, 2021, due to the merger of Crunchyroll Funimation. And at that time, I was slightly worried of, uh, you know, uh, High Dive, which is owned by Sentai, their, you know, viability. I thought that they were left in the wind because I thought that they, actually I thought they would be acquired. Yeah. But they got left out. Then AMC of Walking Dead fame is like, I guess, um, Mad Men as well. There's like, yeah, I kind of like you guys. I like Power Rangers, right? Yeah. We'll, t- we'll take you guys. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you might not have Power Rangers, but you have the name. Yeah, it might, it, might, it might be a little bit out of place to mention it now, but uh, the Verve platform, uh, as of April 2023, has now fully merged with Crunchyroll. Um, so that was another acquisition merger that happened uh, elsewhere. But, you know, back onto High Dive. Um, now, I don't really use High Dive. You do. So you probably have firsthand experience in using the user interface and applications. Yes, I do. Um, I don't want to really talk about it just yet. I will... Talk about the pluses first. Let's okay. just say. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, because uh, uh, I have n- nothing but... This, this, ba- is, this is right the wind Yeah, for exactly. Because right? Oshinoko is doing really good. Oh, yeah. Let's, let's, let's just... $4.99 a month. Oh, yeah, it's yeah, a very let, good let's, pricing let's, plan. Yeah. Let's keep going up. Let's keep ascending. So uh, on their... I would say the best strength, the greatest strength of High Dive is their curation. Whoever is in charge of that team in my opinion, deserves a Nobel Peace Prize so then, like, all the weaves don't go, like, up in arms and start killing people because let me mention... And it's, like, built for, like, a niche audience with a certain acquired taste and I will list out some of their exclusive platforms and you will... uh, Exclusive animes and you will understand that it is the Jason Fung kind of taste. They have Oshinoko. They have Ya Boy Kong Ming. They have Made in Abyss. Eminence and Shadow, Review Starlight, and Bloom into You. And they also have one of the seasons of um, Teasing te- Master Takashi. Was it season Sonic? one? Because season two is on Netflix, and then season three is on Crunchyroll. Or no, 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 it's the other way around. Season one was on is Crunchyroll. on Crunchyroll. Season two is Netflix. on Netflix. Season three and the move finale movies on High Dive. They got the win then, right? Yeah. I mean, the fact that they have the movie is like that. That's a that's a win right there. The last leg of the race is finished by High Dive, believe it or not. So all those properties are like my jam. And if you can like kind of figure out the pattern, the consistency of all these IPs. They're not like in your face hype crazy shows, but they also like are kind of cool. You know what I mean? They like go for, they definitely go for like the the artistic, the expressive kinds of anime series. That when, when I say expressive, it's not like just full body mutilation, action, gore, and all that. No, it's more just like accentuated colors. It's a lot of like very thematic kind of series. It's series that are like diving into more deeper topics in in in, in a human condition, right? Cuz I mean Oshinoko for one, right? Um Made in the Abyss, another. Like those things dive Bochi the li- Rock. Like, literally Made in the Abyss. Like they dive deep into like Oh yeah, I forgot the, Bochi the, the Rock. The, the darkness of 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 mankind and whatnot, right? Wait, so is Bochi the Rock? 
I actually don't know where Butcher the Rock is there uh, is uh, streaming. I, I forgot. Um, but essentially, uh, as Will alluded to, the kind of catalog of high dives exclusive animes are extremely like chosen deliberately and their identity i think is what i would say is like extremely pronounced like it it definitely passes like that wine tasting litmus test right yeah like crunchyroll and netflix is massive and have a lot of stuff that i think is the best bang for your buck a hundred percent no doubt about it but i think high dive has like the biggest ratio the highest ratio of the stuff that at least I like that other uh, platforms either don't have or they have so much of everything else that they're just kind of don't have a core identity. Yeah. And when you compare that to the price of like, you know, a Popeye's chicken sandwich in terms of like their monthly plan, I, I can pass up a chicken sandwich for five for, for a month of anime. No Chick-fil-A? Oh, I haven't had Chick-fil-A in years. Are, are you a fan of Arby's? Low key, I like roast beef sandwiches, but there's enough means of people saying after eating Arby's they just shit blood. I like it, Reuben. Uh, but it's I like also, the Reuben. It, the people who would say that they shit blood from eating Arby's are the same people that they say they shit blood from eating Chipotle. Chipotle. Yeah. Uh, I never had problems with Arby's. Just, just don't go to places to have E. coli outbreaks. That's it. So similar with E. coli outbreaks, the shit hits the fan when we talk about probably user experience that unfortunately better or for worse is the worst part by far of high dive to the point where i wouldn't even advocate people use high dive that much so what's what's so bad about it like i mean like uh, are we talking both in terms of like the web ui like the web platform you access it on like laptop and also like the app itself is there an app there's an app for it right so, granted, it is, like, biased because it's, like, a concentrated group of people. But the High Dive subreddit, if you go to there now, it is constantly not filled with, oh, what is the lineup or show discussions. It is things like, oh, when is it going to be up? Oh, this crashes, that crashes. It is so bad. And sometimes I, when I use High Dive, it's an extremely arduous experience that, to the point where it's almost a testament to how much I like High Dive and their like catalog because of how shitty their UI is. Sometimes I can't even use it. It's that bad. Like they definitely don't have the infrastructure in place to actually have a consistent streaming platform, right? Yeah, like to be fair, they're the they're the little guys, so they have little resources and funds. Like I actually, I like I'm not saying that you get a pass, but you also kind of do. Yeah. Right? It's hard because of the fact that a lot of their time and attention goes into acquiring licenses to put content on their platform. That's that's basically it. like having a better streaming platform, like a better UI, a better app does not make you extra money. Having more content does. It could steer a lot of customers away for sure. But I also think that people go for your product, which is your anime. So if your anime is good, as long as it is manageable to a certain degree, which I would argue on a good day, maybe it's manageable. I'm, I mean, look at me. I don't live in America. I have a high dive subscription. I use high dive. I still struggle through their UI stuff because I can't use their apps because um, my apps are region locked to Hong Kong. So I have to use their web client. 
and I still love the service and will not sing praises just because their catalog is dope. Yeah. So in summation, in terms of the pros and cons, and the pros, four ninety nine a month or forty seven ninety nine a year with a seven day free trial, very very aggressive pricing plan, uh, a very like, neatly curated cluster of anime that if it suits your taste then you're in the right place i think s tier in my opinion at least yeah. but it is very few in quantity compared to and that would be the con in which that whilst it does have a good list of anime to watch it's not extensive it doesn't have everything like the other big platforms do but that's the caveat in being a small a small player right and of course i think the major con is usability in terms of like the applications and the web interface they're not the best. Yeah. Uh, if I were to, to kind of use an analogy of like a meal, uh, high dive is akin to the dessert. You don't need to have it. Uh, you already went through like 500 million courses through Crunchyroll and Netflix and Amazon Prime. But uh, the high dive dessert, you don't need to have it, but it can make your whole dining experience, or in this case, anime streaming experience, all that much sweeter. Yeah, look, if you got five bucks to spare, why the fuck not? And right? you definitely would have five bucks comparatively to some of these other payment plans. Cool. Now let's quickly go over Disney Plus. Disney Plus as a streaming platform is absolutely fucking weird because as much as they are owned by what well, I mean Disney Plus. Of course, is owned wait, by the wait, Walt who's, Disney Corporation. Who, who's Disney? Well, only I, I the only the biggest you know media corporation in the whole damn well, world. What have they done? Uh, they've done things like you know opened up multiple Disneylands across the world. But they've is it also, anime though? Yeah, that's the thing. <laughs> so with the way that Disney Plus is structured, uh, it's kind of like the Netflix model in that they are very multi-genre, multi-disciplinary. They'll have movies, they'll have TV shows, they'll have documentaries. Uh, so you know, a good mixture of fiction, nonfiction. <clears throat> uh, they'll have a good mixture of live action stuff. Uh, animated stuff, of course, a lot of animated stuff because it's Disney. Um, and when it comes to sort of like the Asian catalog, and by Asian I mean like K dramas, J dramas, Chinese or Taiwanese anime and stuff like that. There's a there's a small section of that. So there's not a whole lot of anime on Netflix, but what the on, on Disney Plus, but what they do have are some very, very highly sought-after exclusives. I've mentioned before with Summertime Render and Heavenly Delusions, two of me and Jason's like most favorite series have come out in the last two years. Uh, yeah, they, they get some good stuff. The problem, though, with deeming Disney Plus as a anime streaming platform is that outside of those series, they don't have a whole lot. And it's because of the fact that they're a major conglomerate. Right, they have rights to National Geographic. They have stuff done with Stars. They have done stu stuff done with Hulu Plus, uh, and um, yeah, all all the Disney stuff that falls under the, the Disney umbrella too. So anime kind of goes by the wayside, and I don't think they need to grow that particular area. I mean, Disney Plus hasn't been established like that long. We're talking just years right like as in several like since covid i you think you can count them on one hand how exactly. many years has been that we've been using disney plus but i would say within the short span of time it has like my uh like a dark horse slash person that you should pay attention to it's hard to say that though in my opinion simply because disney plus is it's disney in the end it's kind of hard to call them a dark horse. I know where you're coming from, but specifically from an anime perspective. Yeah, exactly. And right. of course, we're we're talking within the same realm with Crunchyroll and, and Netflix. Netflix yeah. So, so like they're all like monoliths, right? Yeah. So uh, look. So 
the the reason why I say it's weird with Disney Plus is because there's so many things that fall under the Disney Plus umbrella. Because if you just sign up for Disney Plus, you could go with the ad uh, the ad free one, which is like twelve dollars a month. Uh, the ad supported one, which is eight dollars a month. Uh, but then after that, there's also a bunch of other things too. What if you want to watch Hulu Plus as well? I don't know why you would do that, but sure. Oh, maybe you're a sports fan too, and you want to watch, you know, the you know the current season of the NBA or the NFL, or maybe you just want to watch the World Series. Okay, great. You can also have ESPN Plus on there too. Would those be pay per view? Uh, no, those would not because there would be like a monthly subscription. Okay, so it's, it's, it's not usually like UFC like, like, like type UFC thing. and boxing and stuff like that would be under other uh platforms right right and yeah. no I, I meant that as in like it's not pay-per-view like no. those uh, like no. those mma no like you you, you or... pay you pay like the 90 dollars a month for the whole package which is like national geographic hulu plus disney plus espn plus like yeah then you get every game that is on that platform the thing is like at least, at least with sports because i'm more like attuned with like soccer like the english premier league and all that the games could be like exclusively given to different networks like NBC with Peacock or with like uh with uh BT Sport or Sky Sports or the BBC and whatnot. So I don't know I think with the fact that like the sports we're talking about with like American football and basketball, baseball, ice hockey and all that, like since they're all in the US, ESPN is the major network. So it's kinda hard to go anywhere else. I mean there's also like eighteen uh, there there's TNT, right? Uh, for for basketball, but generally you pay the you pay the ninety bucks, you usually would get like everything under the roof of Disney Plus's streaming platform. So of course, with uh, anime or any streaming platform, you have usually their payment model is subscription based. Uh, and I did we did a lot of just background dry research into the streaming platforms, and Disney Plus technically has nine to ten different plans due to like the combination of stuff that you want, whether you want it with ads or no ads, it's just fucking insane, dude. Like it's literally going to a restaurant and you ask for a burger and it's like, okay, would you like pickles on there? Uh, yeah, sure. I'll, it'll be extra $2. Uh, fine. Okay, sure. Would you like ketchup? Uh, isn't ketchup free? Well, we do have ketchup, but if you want it to be like the good ketchup, you'll have to pay an extra $4. We have an ad supported ketchup that you might, enjoy oh, you want fries well do you want sweet potato fries like and then it's like we can also serve the you know the the thing with uh a serve your burger and fries on a plate or maybe put it in a box and leave it outside for you you can do it it's like, there's just too many options to pick from so but if we look specifically at disney plus as an anime streaming platform it's very easy to group the pros and the cons for the pros they do have some very good exclusives, right? I think absolutely. I think someone from High Dive must have transferred over to Disney Plus. Yeah. Cause no, honestly, their curation, at least so far, right, is spot on, honestly. The other thing about Disney Plus is, and this is not necessarily a win for the anime side, but the fact that you get so much else along with the anime is in a way a plus, right? Yeah. We can't ignore it, but we also can't accept it wholeheartedly due to the fact that we're trying to be as anime centric as possible right now with the cons because the fact that there's so multi-genre there is very very few series to pick from 
for anime. It is by far the smallest anime catalog across all of the streaming platforms we've mentioned today. I think any given anime season, there's like, let's say, for argument's sake, like 50 shows, okay? The way that it would generally work is Netflix would grab like five of them. Yeah. Um, Crunchyroll would get, believe it or not, like 40 of them. I think High Dive would have like another five. And then maybe like that one or two. Ooh, that car alarm. Someone must not like what I'm saying. They must not like Disney Plus. That's but uh, that like singular, like last remaining one or two, it may not be bad, right? Uh, but those would be considered. Let's 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 box this up and send it to Disney Plus. So yeah. it is like increasing and ever expanding, but at a very slow rate. And look, like, what can you do? Right? Yeah, you are literally fighting against people that have been in the game longer than you have. The other con that I would have with Netflix, I mean, with, with Disney, I keep saying Netflix. It's a, it's, it's yeah, a I made, reflex I made now. that mistake, yeah. yeah. With it's Disney, a reflex with Netflix? Yeah, yeah. with, with the, goddamn, with, with Disney Plus, similar in vain to Netflix's issues, which we'll go over later on, but I find that Disney Plus has the most strict region locking that there is across any platform. And it's because of the fact that Disney is such a, big organization they have a very strong region locking like because they got yeah they, they got big boy pants big girl pants lawyers making sure that nobody is stealing their content and that if you're not in the place that they are giving you access to it they will make damn sure that you cannot access it and uh i might be uh saying like my own speculations here but the reason why they have such like tough region locking is not necessarily due to like some moral high ground or whatever. It is mainly because they're so large that if they don't address it to a certain degree, they will lose out more than investing like lawyers or whatever or uh like architecture frame like framework to have this kind yeah. of uh region locking they have to set that precedent they have to do that and i, I understand that it's, it it makes sense as a business but as a consumer it sucks man it really is not great the other con which i don't think is i mean it's par for the course their pricing plan is a fucking mess it is such a mess it really is i don't understand. And it's not cheap either look if you're if, okay in summation if you are looking to use disney plus as purely an anime streaming platform your money will be better spent elsewhere or but, just yeah. grab $8 per month, which is there with ads, uh, and flush it down the toilet. Just yeah. flush $8 down the toilet, and yeah. that would be better. Um, what, as, much as, as much as I want people to watch Heavenly Delusions and Summertime Render and, I guess, maybe Atomic Galaxy's sequel, which I forgot the name of. Time Machine Blues. Yeah. Like, there, there's really not much else to go for with Disney+. Plus. Now, uh, I will give two pluses to Disney Plus. One of and both of which are kind of like pluses or question marks. The first one is 5 years, 10 years from now, we might all have to shut the hell up because Disney Plus then all of a sudden out of nowhere has the biggest catalog or a very good uh, list of exclusives because they have the resources and oh, the reach. By far they have the biggest reach and the biggest wallet. Right. Of all streaming platforms are talking about I mean, maybe with Netflix is no. debatable. Oh, dude, it, this is Disney we're talking I know, about. You know? I know, but then but again, how much of that money will go into anime? That's a whole different yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, right? that is a whole different thing because 
technically I would argue that Netflix has invested a lot throughout like for the past like with the, with the relations they've had with all these production companies since Violet Evergarden yeah. really they yeah. they they they've actually put a considerable amount of resources in anime uh, at least to me that is very noticeable but so who knows like down the line years later we will have a large catalog such that this becomes such a good deal because you get everything else that like it's a, it's almost like a given the other thing that I will mention, because it applies to actually Summertime Render and Heavenly Delusions, is dubbing. So I am not necess- I don't use uh, English dubbing or other language dubbing. I If you have Japanese audio and you have English subs, I'm all good. But I will say that I know that dubbing is a thing for a lot of people. And simul dub is different than simulcast. And I think uh, Heavenly Delusions, we even did a new story, or at least I put it in the docket way back, where they have almost like the same day dubbing, which is a big deal if that's like your thing. Because dubbing, unfortunately, is kind of thrown by the wayside in comparing to subs just because either it is not heavily sought after or obviously you need like voice actors and actresses to actually voice them, whether they're good or not, you know, it's like this huge like production comparatively to grabbing a translator to do the subbing. That dubbing is kind of hard. They usually come like way later, but to have simul dub though is a big deal. Yeah. So, who knows what the future holds for Disney Plus as a platform for anime streaming? As of now, it's not a viable solution. I don't think that people should be spending a 12 however many dollars to use the platform if you only want to watch anime however in the next few years they might strengthen that department who knows we will have to wait and see what uh what the future holds for disney plus as a viable option for streaming anime yeah it's a wait and see approach um let's do you want to talk about amazon prime and hulu real quick before we go to our break let's intro that after the break because i think this would be a good cutoff point because okay. honestly, with like Hulu the and trifecta, Amazon, yeah, there's not there's not a whole lot to talk about Amazon and, and Hulu, so we can just like, briefly mention that at the beginning of the uh, beginning after the break, and then we talk about the main the main villains of the anime streaming platform wars. Yeah, so that is the end of the first half. We'll be back in a few minutes. Well, a few seconds. I need to take a stream. You know, pee. We are back for the second half of today's episode of the Good Anime Palette podcast. After the break, we will be going over a few other anime streaming platforms that we didn't discuss in the first half, including Amazon Prime, Hulu Plus, Netflix, as well as Crunchyroll. Jason's still here with me. I'm still here. Um, Yeah, let's just go straight into it then, right? So we talked a little bit about two platforms in particular. Um, of course, we talked about some of the Asia-specific ones. We also talked about movie rentals on different platforms. Um, now we're going to go into, well, two of the main villains in this uh, anime streaming war. Uh, but before we go into that, maybe a little quick mention of uh, Hulu Plus as well as uh, Amazon Prime. 
Yeah, so... Amazon Prime Video specifically, not Amazon yes, Prime. Yeah, so Amazon, come on. If you don't know what that is, I, I, I have no words for you, okay? But Amazon Prime also is a big deal because when it first started, Amazon Prime was like two-day free shipping, I think, for like a flat fee per yeah. month. Uh, I used the shit out of that in boarding school. It's great. Um, and I think in university, it was just so easy to order a bunch of stuff. It'd be like, yeah, I'll have it in two days. Sure, why not? And then with, with that subscription plan, you also then got Amazon Video. So when I used Am- – that's how ancient I am, Will. When I first used Amazon Prime, they had no offerings in terms of like uh, media distribution. It was purely two-day shipping. Then video – started popping up be like hey if you have this you can also if you have amazon prime you can also watch this and technically speaking it has now you can get amazon prime video with your amazon prime subscription but you can i think you also get like a twitch sub or something in addition but anyways uh amazon prime video can also be bought as its own thing it can be either includes uh let's see so access to amazon prime video with the Amazon Prime membership is fourteen ninety nine per month or one thirty nine US dollars per year. Yeah, it sounds a lot, but you I mean you're also getting a lot for that subscription. Yeah, you're the, get- the, the primary thing being the two day shipping. Yeah, and Twitch subs, and there's like all these other extra benefits. I think there's like a music feature that you can have as well. I think there might be an audible thing. I don't know. A kin- I Kindle, 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 Kindle. Doesn't 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 Amazon own Audible? It was either Audible or Kindle or both. We do Kindle for sure. Yeah. So so there is a lot of pluses that coming with the whole Amazon Prime package. Now, for non-Prime members, if you just want Prime Video, it's available as a standalone streaming service for eight ninety nine per month, uh, U.S. dollars uh, for all of these. Uh, I don't know how much it costs Hong Kong wise, so uh, I guess I could check on that later. But more or less, Amazon Prime Video. In the scope of this uh, podcast episode, it's its own thing. Uh, yeah, there we go. Yeah, uh, Audible was uh, purchased by Amazon back in 2008 Oh, for $300 million. Oh, shit. Oh, also, uh, Amazon Prime. Oh, I actually have it written in the docket. I didn't even realize it. The annual fee for Amazon Prime is $1,990.78 for Hong Kong. Mm. And a video... Prime Video is essentially seventy dollars Hong Kong. Yep. So let's talk about the anime specific section on Amazon Prime Video. You got choices, but have you ever used Amazon to watch anime? Now the th- okay the, an- uh, and, and the, the is, answer is no. And this is not including rentals or purchasing like digital or DVD. Yeah. Uh, the quick answer is no. Like me personally. And I think for you, you rarely use Amazon Prime Video as a service as well. However, I think the fact that you can get it as a package, I think, is kind of like, why not? Would you use it if you have it, right? And if you don't have Crunchyroll or Netflix or you're trying to cut down on your subscription costs, which is a big deal nowadays, I totally get it, or... I think Amazon Prime Video is an extremely logical and good deal. Yeah. It's not in the same where it's like 
Disney Plus, where if you sign up for like the big package deal, you get like ESPN, National Graphic, and all that. This one's more like a utility based subscription, where you're like on top of the video, you do get to use the main point of the subscription, which is to get two day free shipping. Yes. So the other thing I want to mention is Amazon Video and Prime Video, essentially, the difference between renting and the subscription fee is different potentially based on the region yeah for the most part you can do both but in certain places you can only do a uh, prime video and you can't rent so but those are like kind of far and few between but i thought i should mention those exceptions i mean if you really want to know what region uh please just check it yourself because i don't want to list out yeah. every single region under the sun yeah so there's no really like, not really like any pros and cons simply because it is just an added service on top of a Amazon Prime subscription. Um, I wouldn't say that like, oh, you should totally just use Amazon to watch all your anime because it's not all on there. Um, but as a service, you know, primarily used for shipping goods around the world and you know, being able to buy stuff very, very quickly, uh, that that's that's the main selling point for Amazon. Yep. The, the video you watch on it is just uh, you know, a bonus on top of that. So I can't really say too much about their catalog, mm-hmm. especially because I think one of the things that I don't like about using Amazon Prime Video as an anime streaming service is it's kind of fragmented prim- primarily because A, you and I will, we don't use it for that purpose. Not to mention their UI and search engine sucks. Yeah, it's just very. It's it's also not their priority, obviously, because of the fact that they are primarily a business oriented platform. If you look for stuff, they always have the sponsor content first before you actually get to see what you want to see. Plus, uh, it is not mainly anime centric, so a lot of their live action Amazon Prime stuff. I think Tales from the Loop is one of them. They they did have an anime platform before with Anime Strike, but that got shut down back in two thousand sixteen. I think I think 2016. You mean it got stricken out? Yeah. Boom. Yep. Everyone has made that joke or pun already. So there we go. Should we move on to to Hulu then? Yeah. Uh, I've never used Hulu. <laughs> uh, I don't use Hulu either. Uh, it's owned by Disney, so I think we should mention that as we yep. mentioned yep. before the break. You can also get Hulu as like a package deal along with ESPN or like separate. You can get like Hulu with Disney Plus or Hulu by itself. Um, let me see. So, uh, I actually, I didn't care about Hulu Plus that much that I didn't even include like their pro because well, they price don't really plan. they don't really do anime exclusives. They have anime, but it's not like people flock to Hulu to watch anime either. So it's hard to really say if it's a viable choice as a streaming platform specifically for anime. I mean, I guess right now it's not yeah, really. It's not. Uh, and you watch Hulu f- mainly for their live action offerings. And I think for those, they have like exclusives. But to my knowledge, there isn't anything worthwhile to mention on the anime front. Yeah. Same thing with Amazon Prime Video. So it is what it is. But I do think one thing is um, Amazon's renting services if you want certain movies, I do think that is a very viable way to oh, it's access a good win. it. Yeah, it's it's I, definitely like very convenient. Yeah, I would argue that YouTube or like Google Play Store would be better. Like that would be like my go-to or Apple TV. But 
Amazon well, Prime. Simply because the YouTube UI is a lot easier to manage than the Amazon one. I hate the Amazon one. Plus, it's like on all of our apps. Yep. It's on all of our devices. It's just so easy. You to... open up YouTube and there's a tab that says movies. And then immediately, based oh, on your search history. Yeah. You wanna yeah. you wanna you're YouTubing the trailer for I don't know like what 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 was a movie recently yeah. uh, in you all right yeah. it's then all of a sudden yeah. underneath is like oh rent it for twenty eight Hong Kong dollars I'm like it certainly yeah. helps that with YouTube being owned by Google their search engine is gonna be good so I mean it's fucking Google dude if yeah. they can't do that right then we're fucked <laughs> we're, I mean we're fucked either way but yeah. yeah we won't be fucked by search stuff yeah search engine optimization yeah Yeah. so those two out of the way we now go into the two big players that you know pretty much started the whole anime war like streaming war discussion in the first place which one Uh, are we gonna do are we gonna flip a coin or are you gonna pick let's just let's let's go with the 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 big bad the main bad in all of this and why we started this in the first place crunchyroll because we talked about that for episode four. So it'll be good to see if there's any changes to Crunchyroll over the last two and a half years. Oh, outside of the merger, we talked about oh, that the many drama. Times. Crunchy, crunchy for sure. Like, honestly, crunchy. Okay, so let's just get this out of the way. Uh, we mentioned it already, but let's just say it because it's Crunchyroll. We're talking about it now. If for whatever reason you need to only do or die, pick one service to go with, since the beginning, I would argue it's Crunchyroll, and to this day, I would say Crunchyroll. Uh, in terms of just anime-centric, there's just no questions about it in my mind. Every anime season, they have the huge majority share of the streaming platforms. You could argue that, okay, that might be restricted in certain regions, especially in Asia. It's a very different ball game. But if you live in North America, South America, or Europe... Pretty much as Crunchyroll. Yeah. And if you're Asia, then you also have other platforms you could use, right? Exactly. Um, so it is really Crunchyroll is the easiest recommend in terms of anime streaming platforms. Now, uh, as, yeah. Now, as formidable as a platform for anime that Crunchyroll is, it doesn't really shy away from controversy or just taking the L most of the time. Now, We've already had our say about the merger acquisition. We don't even need to talk much more about that. But I think to this day, the biggest stain that I've I've always had for Crunchyroll is the fact that they never properly grew out their collaboration with Webtoons. Ever since they made that big announcement of Tower of God, Noblesse, and Gotta High School... No, no, please, no bless, no blesse, whatever the fuck. Oh, you, you just hate, you. I didn't it. sneeze, Will. Um, yeah. so yeah, look, Crunchyroll Originals. In I think Fina Pirate Princess mm, yep. was another one. That's another one that actually I thought was pretty good looking, just not oh, much it, substance. I guess Tony Kawa as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, honestly, I am extremely disappointed with Webtoons' partnership with Crunchyroll to the point where I don't think anyone really mentions it anymore. I mean, of course, you can say Tower of God is a webtoon. I'm like, yes, of course. Okay, got it. Like, honestly, I think Tower of God is the only webtoon property that is really survived and worth a damn. I like. It, it took almost three years, though, for it to come back. I think everyone was uh, at Crunchyroll was just like, Oh. Is, is it time? Is it, like, can we... I, I bet you there are people at Crunchyroll right now they are like, we have a webtoon agreement. We work with webtoon. What? Oh, oh! Uh, you mean that 
door down the hall there were people going in and out of like that that's a thing like i didn't know that and we didn't know that either because we weren't reminded until recently exactly crunchyroll has legitimately just swept the bones and rug and then just said hey nothing to see here nobody gives a fuck about tower of god or god of high school or no bless but um okay. it, I, I guess enough people give a fuck about tower of god because now we're doing a season two so since we're on the discussion of uh crunchyroll exclusives known as crunchyroll originals uh their offerings in terms of their originals have been extremely in my opinion bad there's only two that really is worth a damn and that is obviously because of tower of god getting a season two and tony kawa airing right now everything else I would say God of High School is like a maybe, honestly. It gets a pass because it looked okay, but even then, it was it still wasn't an amazing anime series. And then everything else is just very nothing. I mean, was what was a uh, what was that really shitty anime that that like destroyed the internet of how shitty it was? Uh, arm, pro- arm, ro- project arm, former arm. It was former arm. X leg. X arm, that ugh, man. I how I we have to mention X arm once a year, don't we? Uh, Rusted armor also gets a slight mention, I guess, but it's not exclusive to uh, uh, Crunchyroll originals. But uh, X arm is such a train wreck in such a way. It's Mars of Destruction bad, but not that enjoyable. Well, I think Mars of Destruction only had one episode, right? They made a whole damn cur of X arm. And also controversy of boot too, so yeah. it's not like, uh, uh, yeah. Look, so look, here's the thing with Crunchy what Gibiate, remember yeah, that Gibiate was terrible. I can't believe we actually watched one episode of that too. So here is the the the, the lowdown of of Crunchyroll. It is a de facto streaming platform for anime streaming if you're in North America. Uh, elsewhere, yeah, to, to some extent, it's, it also applies the same. If you want to watch anime. You're probably going to be watching it on Crunchyroll, you know, for better or for worse. And it would be remiss of us to talk about Crunchyroll without talking about the bad of Crunchyroll as well. Because oh. the fact that there's there's a lot of things that are bad about Crunchyroll. Uh, yeah, so let's really start the gauntlet. One thing I will say is uh, the pricing structure is pretty standard. It's you decent, get yeah. free with ads. You can only have one uh, device streaming. There is what they call the fan version, so the basic one, seven ninety nine per month, uh, which gets you the full catalog. And I'll get into the free one not getting the full catalog and why that's a thing. Uh, you get to only have one stream. Then the mega fan, nine ninety nine per month. Uh, you get offline viewing as an added feature, and then you get the unlimited fan, which is kind of like you get like a coupon and whatnot. Oh, to, that is actually one thing we should mention about High Dive. They don't have offline viewing. Yeah, I did mention yeah, that. Yeah, they don't have it. Right? So you can't like download stuff and watch it for later. You have nope. to just watch it on the app itself. Correct, or on their web client. Yeah. Um, so in Hong Kong dollars for the fan is 38 Hong Kong dollars per month, which is extremely affordable. Uh, the mega fan is 48 Hong Kong dollars or 488 Hong Kong dollars at a 16% discount per year. Because it's annual, mm-hmm. um, and the ultimate fan is one eighteen dollars per month. So one thing that I will say before we get into the really shitty aspects of 
Crunchyroll because there's quite a bit because when you're that massive, you're going to have holes and problems, is that the first thing is you're going to need to... Um, wait, let me check. Wait, I just lost my train of thought. Shit. Well, what was the not so bad about Crunchyroll? Uh, yeah, they had a pretty decent pricing plan. Oh, sorry. Um, the free ads is actually so you'd be like, okay, so I'll just watch ads, right? So no, no harm done, right? I can still watch the latest stuff. No, because it used to be back then. Uh, I think it's like a one week delay of the latest offerings being on premium because I think at that time they call it premium and then for non-premium members you get it one week late no problem all good now they are restricting that with spring 2022 onwards you only get like the first three episodes of each title and you cannot access their full catalog it's like limited quote unquote they lock it so it sucks and you have ads so it's kind of like it's free, but really there are so much strings attached to that. It really is not that beneficial, honestly. Um, they And the offline viewing being restricted, I can kind of get it. But if you pay money for a subscription already and having it being ad-free, having offline viewing I think is like a no-brainer. Right? Why do you have to lock it behind like another tier? Like if yeah. you want to add simultaneous devices and whatnot, okay. Got it. Like, fine. Yeah, but at this point, you're just muddying the waters, right? Yeah, like, you're just making it's, it's it. It's just unnecessary. Yeah, just for a couple of dollars per month, like, you're just really, like, what was it? Like, 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 raining, like, r- towel. I don't know what I'm trying to do. I'm doing the motion to will. Like, wringing blood out of a stone or? Oh, yeah, blood from a stone. Sure, that works. I was about to say, like, water from a towel, like, trying to, mm-hmm. yeah. Okay. The other thing is their offerings in Asia because... Asia has a lot of different competitors, and the licensing agreement is very different compared to North America. Uh, Crunchyroll Hong Kong generally gets a lot less offerings, if any, that is really worth it in comparison. So we use a lot of VPNs. I think this is the part where uh, Crunchyroll and a VPN in Hong Kong, I think, is almost mandatory. Yeah. And in some ways... uh, to my knowledge, they have made either certain statements or ambiguous statements that, hey, if you uh, want to, you know, access certain... Like, they, I think at one point, they literally said something to the lines of, oh, we do not... We're, we do not condone, but we don't... Like, they turn a blind eye, essentially. Yeah. They, made, they made, like, an official statement of some sort where it's, like, cryptic, and essentially, they're, if you read between the lines, is we all know you do it, uh, we also still want your sub money, so like, go ahead. Why not? Yeah. I mean, it it makes sense considering how Crunchyroll got its start in the first place, right? Exactly, yeah. which is kind of funny because they used fan subs. Yeah. That's how they started. Same thing with Funimation. The other thing I want to say about the UI yes. for Crunchyroll and how shitty this thing is that it's like so clunky. Yeah, I mean it's that- it's, it's very disorganized. Like you, yes. say for example, yes. you open up one episode, one series, and it's like there's 900 episodes for this series, and then you realize they actually just collate everything from like dub, 
from subbed. And then for each different language dub and each different language sub, they'll have all 12 or all 24 episodes of that season under one roof. Will, did you know that Ancient Magus' Bride has 24 seasons? I checked this morning. I did not know that. Damn, they went for a long run. And whilst we're sitting here waiting four or five years for season two, you know? Yeah, but did you know that season 24 is labeled as Ancient Magus' Bride season two? Yeah. Uh, the reason why is because, as Will said, each dub option and each sub option it's a, is labeled as a different season, which to me is like the most easiest thing to rectify, like to me. Like, it's not changing the look, aesthetics, the infrastructure to a massive degree. This is simply, like, listing stuff in a way that actually is, like, you're doing yourself a disservice by making it so weird. The thing about listing as well is the way that they actually collate each specific season. So let's just, let's just take away the whole, like, putting all languages under one roof. Let's just talk about, like one specific season right? sure let's go there are certain series that do recap episodes and usually they don't just say like oh episode 13 recap it would be like episode 12.5 or 14.5 or whatever maybe a lot of places do that as the well the problem though. with that though is not so much they do it is where they place it because they'll do like episode 13 and then you watch the next episode it's like wait what the fuck's going on here oh why am I watching episode 14.5, a recap episode of episode 14, which I haven't even watched yet? The numbering that they do for all their specific seasons that do have recap episodes is so fucking backwards. I don't know why they make you watch the recap first before you even watch the episode you're recapping. That is just, like, unforgivable from Crunchy. Come on, like... I know they have a lot of anime, but you would figure that if they're an anime streaming service, they know how to collate their anime together. That is just one thing that I cannot forgive them for. Oh, I, I do remember the the slightly plus thing that um, uh, I wanted to mention, which was Crunchyroll Manga. It is a side thing, but they do offer some sort of manga app that you can watch uh, you can read as part of your Crunchyroll subscription it is not as massive as like things like you know like Bookwalker or K-Manga that we will actually mention in a later episode so stay tuned for that but they do have some sort of online manga portal as part of like a package deal that you would get regardless uh, for paying for Crunchyroll so there's that yeah I think we, we, we went over most of the you know the pros and cons of of Crunchyroll. It it is the biggest database for anime, and to an extent, you can also get some, some manga there too. So why wouldn't you have it? And they have a very very like compelling, very decent um, like pricing platform as well. So, However, it the usability is just garbage. It's it's is it worse than High Dive from what you've said? It doesn't sound like it's worse, but it's still not great. Yeah, uh, it is not as I would say. You can't compare how bad it the ui for high dive is like crunchyroll i'll take that any day yeah but i would still give crunchyroll's ui a six out of ten it's Damn. it's okay it's not it's not amazing but it could definitely it could use some work so now that we have like are are, are you done? I'm, not, I'm not quite done yet with crunchyroll because, because i was because th because the thing it that might be we might be talking about the same thing but i'll let i'll yeah, let you say the first. thing that that gripes me with Crunchyroll is that over the last two and a half years, 
nothing's really changed with Crunchyroll. And you might think, oh, stability is great, right? If they're st- you know on a steady ship, then why change anything? And the problem there, though, is the fact that they have Crunchyroll Originals, they have Crunchyroll Webtoon, but they're also losing exclusivity rights to other platforms like Netflix and High Dive. And if you're mentioning yourself as like the anime streaming platform, do something about it. Bring back Webtoons, bring back originals, try and actually get good exclusivity rights on series that you don't want your competitors to have. Because if you are to be the streaming platform, you have to crush your competition. And at this stage, it just seems that like there's a lack of innovation. Now, it might just be because of the fact that they were doing a whole fucking acquisition and merger with Funimation. So there's a lot of things that are happening. I mean, behind it the could scenes. be that, right? Yeah, but you got to show something else to to the platform. It, 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 you, you can't just keep on giving the same offering over and over. I think uh, in regards to that point, I think because Crunchyroll now, especially with the merger, is literally the titan of the anime streaming service, even compared to Netflix anime, right? Yeah, they make the rules. They do whatever the fuck they want. They take the huge portion of every uh, given anime season like almost all of it so there's always that like quantity over quality in a certain way but what i don't appreciate which is what you're saying is because they're so massive they kind of like are arrogant in a way they're too comfortable yeah they're extremely comfortable so it's like oh let's not crush our competition and let's just like leave them as because they're kind of flies or whatever they're they're like non-issues but then by doing that to a certain extent by not evolving you're essentially Everyone else is hustling, but not you. So then everyone catches up or makes certain, uh, uh, you know, advancements or stuff that you will fall back just because you are comfortable. Yeah. And sooner or later, like the fact that you made a deal with Webtoons is massive. The fact that you didn't do anything with it to a certain degree to me is even more massive. Like you have duds. Everyone has duds. I get it. But the fact that you just kind of left it in like cryostasis is like the biggest what the fuck thing ever. Because they made such a big deal out of it. And there's so many properties on webtoons. Like, don't fucking just go with the big boys and then just call it quits when not all of it pans out. Like, try other stuff. Yeah. Since they announced like the webtoon exclusivity or like the webtoon partnership. I've seen more webtoons get live adaptations on Netflix, and they turned out to be fucking good. Can we talk about real quick solo leveling? Mm-hmm. How in the I'm no, I think that's Naver, right? Yeah, it's not. I, well, I think Naver owns webtoon, but I don't. I, I, I don't think it was ever on the webtoon platform. I don't think. Uh, I mean, we can technically but check. Yeah, but but that's but that's on Netflix, right? Yeah, and the, so Crunchy Roll, like, what the fuck are you guys doing? And there are so many other. I, I guess in 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 many people's eyes, like like B tier or like, not like the crazy hype shown in action shows, and even like those, there are a lot of them on webtoons that have a massive following. Make those. You don't have to adapt every blockbuster to make that partnership worthwhile and profitable. Maybe there are certain arrangements that we don't know because we didn't read yeah. the contract. But like, what the fuck, I mean, dude? You call it arrogance or being a bit lazy and whatnot. It doesn't excuse. Crunchyroll from just staying stagnant like they have to take onus and just be like yes we are the premier anime streaming platform and we will continue to be that by having these by having these types of offerings don't just say 
because we're an anime streaming platform, we give you anime. Yeah, okay, fine, fair enough. But McDonald's is also a fast food restaurant that has exclusives every now and then. And like, yeah, they may, may be one of the most vilified like, multi-corporations in fast food, but they still do things to be able to entice people to come back to their restaurants. Do the same thing, Crunchyroll. Like, you, you got fucking like Sony watching over you. You got like all the shit that came in from Friendimation under your roof. You just had well, a change you of management as well. Some we actually lost some licenses from the merger. I forgot which ones, but yeah, yeah. those are in like permanent purgatory, so no one can access those anymore. Yeah, so so, so it's like I, it, it's it's easy to, as Jason said, it's easy to hate on the big boy in this whole streaming war discussion, but there's also every opportunity for Crunchyroll to just. Do something about it. Come out and announce that they have an exclusive partnership with a studio. Say that they are going to bring back the Webtoon partnership and actually start making more Webtoons that aren't called Tower of God. Just because you are the winner by default doesn't necessarily mean that people like that you are the winner. And I am not trying to throw that much shade at Crunchyroll, especially within the home spectrum of just huge corporations. But, like, I've, I feel, uh, like, frustrated, right? Because you have a lot of potential avenues and you don't seem to, may, like, maybe, who knows, right? Maybe you spend a lot of resources in acquiring stuff. Fine. Like, I get it because you have a lot of that every every season. But, like, other stuff that I feel like could be extremely profitable yeah. or extremely, like, viable and things that fans want that you just kind of throw by the wayside or give up too soon too fast yeah i will say now that we have shat on crunchyroll for a lot i will mention a huge huge plus for crunchyroll as a corporation not necessarily as their anime streaming service which is their contribution to anime as a whole crunchyroll expo is a huge deal in north america crunchyroll anime awards despite what people, including us, feel about anime awards or award shows in general, they make a very conscious effort as, like, whether it's promoting their own brand or identity to kind of be somewhat encompassing with, like, outside of their anime streaming service. Like, that is just undeniable. They definitely provide very strong representation of the medium outside of Japan, which is, of course, commendable. But at the same time, it's... It's it's been their mission to do that from the beginning, and after a while, it kind of runs dry, and there has to be some form of innovation to your platform. Like, uh, it, I'm not I'm not like disputing that your contribution to anime is insignificant. I'm, are I'm, you talking to Crunchyroll, San? I, I don't want to talk to them directly. I'm sure they have powerful lawyers that will shut me down. But the thing I do want to just say about Crunchyroll is that you can enjoy your day out in the sun. Like you can have your moment in the spotlight and don't sit be Icarus on, and sit, yeah. Because as your as your as your your wings melt and you start falling back down to earth, you do see someone else coming up and potentially taking your crown, which leads us into Netflix. Yep. Now we'd spent episode fourteen of the JAP season two, uh, kind of not really, not kind of but not really like shitting a bit on Netflix because at the time. The, the the anime offerings and the way that they catalyze uh, categorize their anime on Netflix was not great. It was it was it was decent, but it was very clear that at that time, you 
only had one option to pick from if you wanted to just watch anime, and that was Crunchyroll. I feel, though, that now the landscape has changed a little bit. It's still very much Crunchyroll. Crunchyroll will still be the platform to go to if you want your anime fix. But Netflix is also making a very strong argument of being that platform where you can get a lot of good anime to watch, plus a bunch of other stuff to watch too. Right. So let's not, let's just talk about and then not talk about their other stuff. Netflix is not an anime streaming service exclusively similar in vain to Crunchyroll. They are not. They are, they do everything. It's like Disney, right? Yep. Uh, so then you might say that, so then that means that anime is not their focus. Yes and no, because I think that uh, they contribute a lot of resources, more so than Disney, for example, or other larger corporations into, they inject it into anime. They, I think at one point they even do like studios with, uh, was it Wit Studio? Yes, they did. They did collaborations with several different. They, they, no, no, with, the, with, the with, training school, they, the they, animation school. Yes, they did one with that. They also did collaborations with like Studio Naz. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was to- no, it wasn't Toho, but a, a bunch of other studios. They definitely have started to like work in closer collaboration, maybe more on the production side than actually making the anime. But hey, yes. still, right? Yep. Like it, to see that shows like this is the direction that a company should go if they want to strengthen their hold on a particular medium that is super popular in the world. Yeah, because you are contributing to a medium similarly with the Crunchyroll Expo or like the Anime Awards. Regardless of how you feel about it, it is a conscious effort by a quote-unquote like soulless company, corporation, corporation, monolith that at least is doing efforts to try to preserve it so then they can leech more money off of it but yeah but still right like you appreciate that right at that point so we need to give props where credit is due the other thing that i want to mention is i don't do we really need to mention their price structure they do have an ad free tier they are they're they're trying to raise prices again they're trying to go even hard more hardcore on like restricting password sharing and whatnot region locking and shit but funny enough yeah they increased their sub numbers and it didn't have a, that much of a decrease. Yeah, they've actually managed to keep things a bit more stable after losing a bunch of subscribers over COVID. Um, so yeah, good on Netflix. And I think that now they're using that to take the initiative and actually grow out everything on their platform, and in particular, anime. Because now their anime offerings are great. There's a lot of stuff you can watch on there. Usually it would be like old school episodes of Bleach, Naruto, One Piece. And well, whatnot. not Naruto. Not anymore. Not right? anymore. Not anymore. Cheaper then, though. Yeah, but yeah. they traded that one for you know, a few new I think things. Monster is Monsters, on there? Monsters on there now. Yeah, Monsters on Wait, there. What was the show that was off that we wanted to watch or you wanted to do for research and then you found out that it wasn't on there? I think it was on like another platform as well, but then we wanted it to be on Crunchy uh, on Netflix. I think, I think it was for one of the. It was a um, big. It was a. It was a noticeable like change. It was. It was part of our cleanup. I think. Maybe actually, yeah. I think it might. So. Oh no, Sao. They didn't have um, some of the movies. They didn't Crunchy have. Crunchyroll has allotization, right? Yeah. yeah. So. But they had Sao for the longest time on Netflix. It's not there anymore. Or, or no, no. Is it GGO? No, I watch GG on Netflix. Okay, okay. So the other thing that I want to mention about Hong Kong Netflix specifically is 
I, as I said, I'm not sure if they do this with um, in North America or in other regions, but I know for a fact they do that for Hong Kong, is that for some reason they decide to, instead of, you know, being kind of the main progenitor of binge culture and batch releases, all of a sudden, I think given the last, like, several anime seasons, almost like a year or two, they are doing simulcast. It's kind of crazy. Yeah. If it's not a Netflix-produced show, it would either come out a week later or simulcast. If it's a Netflix-produced one, then batch release. Or it's up to them, really. I mean, for example... Like, I think, like, Comey had, like, a staggered release, so it yeah. was, like, it aired... But then there'll be things like, um, like, like Violet Evergarden that came out all in one go. JoJo Part 6. All, like, well... One go, one go, because it was all three. Straight, yeah, but still in uh three cur like three curs, and each batch is being a cur, right? I think. Yeah, I, yeah, 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 yeah. So uh, Kenga Ashura as well. That's oh, I can't wait for that to come out. Oh, yeah. God. So I, I I do think like they always put out a lot of a Netflix exclusives or Netflix. Uh, I think they call it Netflix or. I don't like that wording because Netflix original, even though it's like all they did was license it and like it was a studio that actually made it. They didn't actually have an in house studio. Didn't we have like a discussion like way back when, Will, about what is considered a Netflix exclusive, what's considered a Netflix original? Was, I don't know. I It was like weird that it, there was a difference. I don't know. The point is that since Violet Evergarden, I think would be like the whole, like the first, like really big. Netflix exclusive, in my opinion, in the realm of anime. No, that, that's what it started all. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's how it started. Yeah, I, I would say that that is such a huge, like, awesome win for Netflix anime. And they, they've they continued to do that. They still get good exclusives. And it's because of those partnerships that they made with, like, a bunch of anime studios that works in their favor. I mean, My Happy Marriage is right now. And it's it's, it's in Netflix. It's good. It's great. Um, But yeah, I mean, the... The simulcast, at least in Netflix Hong Kong, is great. And then usually after the season is over, so you don't have that exclusive simulcast, uh, you get, like, uh, we have, like, Morocco Chan all of a sudden. We have um, Married But Not Lovers. What was that one? Ma- uh, not as a couple. Yeah, uh... Shit, I forgot. Uh, Blue Lock was a uh, simulcast. I mean, there was a literally, like, tons of similar to this the Netflix release schedule, right? Usually back then when they did not have a release calendar release uh for uh anime or any other show for that matter, they would more than a married couple but not lovers. Right. Uh so it was called, yeah. There was I think Slime Isekai got back on there. It wasn't and then it was something like that. So there is a lot of offerings, I mean obviously within the realm of Movies, I think Bubble is the big one. Words Bubble, like Soda Pop, is the two Netflix exclusive movies. They have stuff like Fireworks, I think, which I heard was a mid-anime, but really good to look at. I yeah. don't know. There, and then the one thing I do also want to mention as well is, given the fact that they've got you know a good grasp on curating and getting anime on their platform and building those relationships with respective studios and directors... The other thing that we've seen over the last two years is a major inflation of live action adaptations of anime and manga. For better or for worse. Wait, wait, are we talking about One Piece now? Not just that, but they've also had Cowboy Bebop, they've had Full Metal Alchemist, they've had Rurini Kenshin, they've had uh, Tokyo Revengers, 
Um, I believe they also had. Is there a Bleach live action? I think there is. There is, but I don't. I don't, I don't know. Think, I don't know if it's a Netflix one, but they, they definitely. Where are all one. those Netflix stuff? I know Death Note is. Yeah, Death Note is Netflix. Because, uh, Full Metal Alchemist was Netflix. Wait, was that really? Well, it, it was on Netflix. No, I don't know Attack on Titan as though. Right? I don't know. I think Attack on Titan was a movie yeah. first. Um. Oh yeah, there was live action one for Attack on Titan. But Do you know how good One Piece is performing right now? It is so far the most watched TV series in like of this seventy-eight year's. countries or something. I think we need to have a separate discussion about One Piece the live action because yeah. I don't know. I actually did want to talk to you about that as yeah. a BP, but uh, I'll give you my two cents right now. I watched an episode of it, and whilst I appreciate what they've done and that it does look really good, I am still not watching it because it looks way too goofy for me. Well, I need to watch it to kind of give my two cents, but everyone kind of like came around to it, and now it's kind of everyone was like, oh, another live action anime adaptation. Oh, it looks terrible to now watching it being like, oh, actually, guys, this is really good. So uh, I think Will and I uh, will give you maybe a more in-depth look at a later date. I don't I know. Will, I, I, yeah, I, we will reserve that for a BP later on. Um, I do have a lot to say about that. Um, more negative than positive. But I, I mean, I, Zom I, 100. <clears throat> so Sorry, go on. Zom 100 I basically released uh, the anime and then a week later released the, re- released the live action. Yes. Okay. So, yeah, that is true. Uh, but also, Zom 100 got delayed mm-hmm. due to, I think, production issues. So I'm not sure if it's COVID-related, but there was some issue. But and, it's still good. It's but, still good, But yeah. it's still good. But here's the other thing. It goes back to the Uncle Isekai where it is Will like, they, won't they? Are it's they not gonna, informed. Yeah, are they going to let us know what's going on? Yeah. So again, I think it's it's just basically like some sort of like business management practices behind the scenes still need to be ironed out netflix jail is is called netflix jail for a reason they even use that for like crunchyroll people say like oh it's like in netflix jail yeah and as much as like we give shit for a lot of the live action adaptations of anime that come out whether or not it's on netflix or not it's just that netflix is doing a lot of them and what your thoughts may be for one piece uh, the live adaptation i thought it was eh, but there's a lot of people who love it the point with that though is the fact that they were they're 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 harnessing a lot of good buy-in within the anime fandom dungeon meshi is going to be released i mean edge runner with studio trigger you know so they are forging like long lasting relationships that are panning out for them i mean isn't little witch academia mm-hmm, also mm-hmm, studio trigger mm-hmm. so i think studio trigger and netflix are like in bed they're 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 together man there's yeah, yeah. I mean, they, they, it's more than just a fling yeah, they they're definitely like on very good relationship terms. Um, so that's that's what I mean in terms of like don't get too comfortable Crunchyroll because Netflix is doing a lot of stuff behind the scenes to not necessarily be the de facto anime platform, but make it so that there is a point when you just don't have enough people on your subscription base anymore because. Well, I can watch a lot of anime on Netflix, a lot, a lot, along with some good exclusives, but also watch a bunch of other stuff too, which you don't offer on Crunchyroll. Now, let's talk about one of the things that I loathe about uh, Netflix: their subbing. So, listen, guys, is it any worse than Crunchyrolls though? As like tangentially like offhand i think so Mm. yeah because i would i'm not saying that crunchyroll is any better but when i like pay attention to the subs because obviously 
it's not the dubs and I pay attention to the words, right, in subbing, I often see way, way, way more mistakes with Netflix than I do with Crunchyroll. And that with Crunchyroll starting as like a fan sub kind of thing, you would imagine that they would put great emphasis on having good subs. And here's the thing that people might think it's a, like very pedantic, but to me, when you watch anime with subs and your subbing is not good, that's a big problem because that's kind of the main gist now it's not just down to anime as well it's for all the other things they have in fact like anytime a major series like for example when squid game came out everybody loved the shit out of squid game except that there were people in korea that when they were watching it and then they saw the english subs they're like this is not correct they're actually completely taking the context out of the scene and giving it a different meaning by choosing the wrong words to represent what they're saying on screen. And this then bleeds into anime subs, which I agree. We've talked about the use of freelance or unpaid subbers. and We did that for mental health. And how it's it's just, it's such a big mess um, that it it just it, it's just not worth talking about right now. One because we covered it before, but two, even though we already covered it, it's still something that we have not divulged that deeply into because of how fucked up that side of the world is. I think it was a BP. <clears throat> it was a BP. It was like the health of yeah. creators and stuff, right? Yeah. But uh, we also tangentially will know someone unnamed. We will not name this individual, but. We know someone who does subbing to a certain degree of a certain language for Netflix. So there's that. So we do have some tangential some, some like anecdotal evidence, is, yeah. you know, and experiences. But listen, guys, despite me watching a lot of anime, my Japanese is still pretty shit. Okay. So when I watch subs and then I compare it to another massive streaming platform like Crunchyroll, there are certain things that I notice that are very obvious. So, for example, and this is like the art of subbing that as Crunchyroll, you know, they started out as fan subs, they do right. For example, uh, in the raw footage, there would be like signs, right? Like or like directions that are in the in the animation mm-hmm. in Crunchyroll. I'm pretty sure they would if you choose that sub option, they would then show like an overlay of what that thing is, like a sign or whatever. But in Netflix, especially if you choose closed caption, which gives you an extra like descriptor, they just put it as part of the sub. And then when people have different conversations, they have a hyphen to represent a different person. Okay, great. But you don't know who is saying what. But in Crunchyroll's case, they have extra added like sub features, like, oh, a different color to represent a different person sometimes usually the go-to is white for the most part but then if there's like another person that they use a yellow to represent that person or they might go with like the color of the character's hair exactly like that Uh, they do no indication whatsoever in netflix so it's it's just like a lot of crosstalk exactly so you don't know who says what the other thing that i like about crunchyroll that and other platforms actually do this which is like bewildering to me that netflix doesn't really do this is they they have a little quote-unquote fun with the sub. So, for example, when someone echoes in a cave, the sub size gets smaller and smaller and yeah, smaller. Yeah. Or when they need to say something very important, 
important and then they pause in Netflix they just say the whole thing before the character says it rather than showing it yep. up like bits and pieces which sometimes for like like the pinnacle moment climax whatever is like really deflating dude yeah I'm not sure how uh, how Crunchyroll does it but with the way Netflix does their subbing each episode is given to a different subber therefore you're going to have different qualities or different interpretations of translation across episodes. And yeah. that's th- that's why there's inconsistencies and even mistakes when it comes to the subbing. I also we also very much understand cuz it's a very big deal in as like a translator or, you know, person who does subtitles, the logistics, the the hurry deadlines to meet simulpub uh, I mean, sorry, simulcast and, and, and stuff like that. We yeah. understand like, that, you're honestly. Not, you're not as a... Let's say, like, you're translating episode four, right? Of which show? Of, uh, let's say, Ancient Magus's Bride, okay? Okay. Are you then going to go to the previous suburbs for episodes one through three and ask them, hey, I need to see the transcripts Dude, and see Dude, I have how no you, time. I right? have, like, ten other seasonal shows oh, that I have then to I'll do. Just, then I guess you're just going to have to do it on the fly. Just, just translate what you see. Okay, fine. But then you then don't have the context of how people translated from the previous episodes. And so then when you say certain lines, they don't match up with what happened before. So here's the other thing that I don't get, right, is they, if, if you translate it and you don't know what the person did previously, like, okay, like, I understand logistically, right? And I'm very... Even though as a consumer, I don't give a shit, but as like someone who knows how the industry works. There's some sympathy, right? A lot of sympathy, if anything, really, because they are keeping the train going. But when when the character addresses someone as like San, you know, Chan, you know, uh, or your last name, right? Like William San. And then your, the translation is Will, like your first name. Like that is just losing that's just not how it is it's not consistent with the speaking conventions of japanese yeah or you say a whole bunch of stuff because the character is talking then all of a sudden two words show up like clearly not so what do you think would need to change or what netflix needs to do in order to eradicate that do you think they would need to actually have an in-house subbing team actually give like a better working schedule to the suburbs that they employ. At the end of the day, it's about resources, right? But if I had like my say in how to best utilize a resource, even though it's not necessarily the fairest is have someone basically inspect another suburb before it gets released. So have it like a, like a a double check system. Just someone to proofread everything and make sure it's consistent. Because, sure, you could say that they don't have a lot of time, so then they have to hurry the translation. I get that. I also understand, though, that you can't catch everything the first go-around, I guess, or whatnot. But these are certain mistakes that are not just simple, uh, like, factual errors, or they are not, like, will, like, I don't say Williamson, I don't say Will. I say William San, or or I say Feng San, but you Wang San, right? Yeah, yeah. Wang San, but I don't say like I don't say I say Feng San, but then it says Jason. Like that is just not it. Like yeah. that's not if you translate it word for word. I don't care if you say Feng San either. Yeah, or Mister Feng. And this and this might come off as nitpicky and whatnot, but it actually is like quite significant in terms of how Japanese people actually address each other in very polite manners. They don't 
ever really talk to someone on a first name basis unless the other party allows them to. Imagine you're reading like uh, the novel Game of Thrones and instead of saying King Joffrey, it just says Joffrey. Like that is, or or like the last name, or like the like, house, shit, right? Like, again, like I was talking about, like watching uh, Skip and Loafer, right? So there's an episode where the main character talks to the boy and addresses him by the first name, and then the whole classroom goes, "What the fuck? You're on first name basis now? You only just met yesterday." Like that's yeah. the thing. But imagine they didn't do that. They, luckily, they actually like caught that and made sure they addressed them properly with the right names. But imagine they didn't do that. Like in prior episodes, like People honorifics just... is a big deal in Japan, and it's a big deal in anime. And therefore, if your subs do not reflect that, I don't need you to like know how the hierarchy or politeness, but know that at least just put the thing there and you have that knowledge of it. Because if I do, or sometimes despite not knowing pretty much any Japanese, despite hearing it all the time if i can even pick out factual errors or translational errors like bad ones too sometimes even i forgot there was a line that i like screenshotted with you with my phone where like the translation meaning is like oh shit i i I really forgot but the they translated it literally rather than contextually Mm. and then the problem is when you do that is like saying something is shit versus the shit and you may not yeah. think T-H-E is that significant, but in the context of that particular sentence, it is a 180. Yeah, it's like the Oxford comma, right? Like, you got to know, like, when to use certain contexts. You got to know how to deliver lines without translations being lost. Yeah, and you could say, then, is it a cultural thing, a production thing, a translational thing? It's, it's everything. Yeah, it's everything. You can even, like, excuse one thing, but you can't excuse everything else. It's su- it's just such a un consistent inconsistent mess it's it's all mutually inclusive right you you everything all happens together and it's not because the fact that they just decide not to care or it's like you know oversight and whatnot like no it's just because the fact that one they're running with tight schedules they're working with multiple freelance suburbs and they also need to make sure that everything is in place at the right time to be able to, to follow that tight schedule there's going to be mistakes and so i think like with the subbing i get why it's a huge gripe for you because yeah it can be really infuriating especially if you are like the license holder you are like the manga creator and there's somebody that is mistranslating your works like imagine like when you're doing fucking like monogatari right like people who do that shit and actually translate it fair game you guys are fucking crazy good but even, imagine even the the translator for Cypher Academy called yeah. it quits, right? Yeah. But imagine like Nishio just saw the translations and be like, "This is awful. This is not what I meant at all when I was writing my books." Like, what the fuck? Like, that's the kind of situation that could arise from it. Not to say that like it's all done maliciously or with intention. It's just you know, it, it's that's that's why like I I wouldn't consider it to be like the the worst thing that Netflix does, but it definitely is one of the more consistent things they do, which is just inconsistent subbing yeah and in within the realm of the average anime consumer the general like through line is you watch japanese audio with english subs or the sub of your 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 language and when you can't get your subbing right that is like the biggest thing that is the part of the anime watching experience yeah it's just that being said though 
I think Netflix has the best UI and the best features, picture in picture. When you download offline, it is extremely condensed and it is like, what's it like? Um, like uh, compressed in such a way that it is. I think you could basically the watch file size. You could watch a whole season of anime, like for one specific anime series, uh, offline from 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 Netflix, and it doesn't even take one gigabyte. Uh, and it doesn't show in terms of like bit rate. Like it's great. And it'll have all the subs too. Yep. So and language files. So it is like, in in many respects, due to either their sheer size of resources, their UI and everything on that front is very impressive, very full-fledged, and really good. I mean, it makes sense that for a while when we talked about tech, it was always like Fang, which is like, you know, Facebook, Amazon, Apple, Netflix. Is that really what they call Yeah, Fang companies. It's called Manga now because Facebook's meta. So it's meta, Apple, Netflix, Google, Amazon. Huh. I I, kind of dig that. So at the end of the day, even these acronyms, the weaves went out. To be fair, it actually wouldn't be manga because Google is technically Alphabet Inc. But let's not even get into that. One thing I like is that uh, their operating system is named after food. I love that. I'm just – that's like another side note. But anyways, yeah, I I totally get it. Um, Look, I still think Netflix and Crunchyroll is the go-to streaming platforms, but they also have their gripes and – the thing, though, I would say is for once, compared to how it was two years ago, that we actually have more praises for Netflix than Crunchyroll. And who knows, maybe like AI translation might do something. That's that's definitely going to be on the, the docket for them. Uh, we were debating using AI as a redux topic, but we thought it's too soon. It's too soon. And it's and too fresh. It's too like real right now. And there's you know? so much stuff happening like right now, at like almost like on a weekly basis but the streaming thing is something that has been marinating for a while there is a lot of changes and a lot of things to add and subtract from what we have said so that's why we went with anime stream and plus where do you watch anime on streaming platforms so look that we thought that that was like a an easy slam dunk topic and it was just good to revisit like crunchyroll and netflix because it was like actually like doing this episode it became very like very stark very clear that Whilst Netflix has been doing good work, despite a lot of the hiccups they've had over the last two and a half years, they they done good. Crunchyroll, on the other hand, you can't say they did anything wrong. It's just that they didn't do anything, and that's in itself also yeah, really like bad. status quo is all right, but it's also not because you're lazy. Yeah, you got to show us something, man. You know that's that's essentially it. But I think that pretty much wraps it up for us. I think I mean, that you know like. We, we've, we've had yeah. our say about the smaller platforms. The big platforms keep doing what big platforms do. But I, I guess like the hope that I have is that Crunchyroll gets their shit together and actually consolidates their, pla- their platform properly by curating it better and also getting better exclusivity rights, getting their teams to actually work on originals and Webtoon partnerships. Netflix, just keep doing what you're doing. Maybe maybe not so many live actions, but I think with the success of One Piece, there's going to be a lot more. And anime being a bigger thing now, right? Yeah, I totally get it. Like, can I just say, uh, not related to Netflix anime, but just Netflix, when have you ever tried 
watching something in Chinese and looking at the English subs and seeing if or or if you try watching yes. an English show yes. Yes. with English subs. Yes. And when those are not one to one, it's really yeah. odd. Yeah. Like really weird to me. Like especially the English with English subs. Look, I I get it as well because again, it's like there's just certain words in Chinese that you do not like like spoken Chinese is not written Chinese, right? But you can speak the same way you write English. That that's pretty comfortable. Like the the speech patterns between spoken and written English, like the differences are not that discernible. But Chinese, it can be. But no, no, I, it but is. I, but, right? I, but, I, but I but I get that. Of course, it's, it's like all like, the and what yeah. the right? Yeah. yeah, you don't. Yeah, You don't say Like that. That's just so robotic and from a text, right? Uh, I think the all okay. Uh, let me go with the show notes, and then I'll end with a complete anecdote that I think is pretty funny in terms of uh, subbing and mistranslation, okay? So, that is the end of our episode 67. Thank you for all for listening. You can always reach us through our email, gapallet at gmail.com. That's G-A-P-A-L-E-T-T-E, all lowercase, all one word. You can use the handle at palletgood on Twitter. I will not say X. Uh capital P and capital G, all one word. Technically, it's X, formerly Twitter. Really? Yeah. <laughs> you can always reach us on X, formerly Twitter, using the handle at Palette Good, okay? And through our GAP Discord, using the invite link in the show description, we have a website. We encourage you to check it out, www.goodanimatepalette.com, all lowercase, all one word. Music credits for this episode. Our intro music is Never or Right Now by ELFL. Our break music is Not Gonna Wake Up, the instrumental version by Mind Me. And our outro music is Like the Ocean by The Big Letdown. You can always support the music artists that we feature by listening to them on Spotify, Apple Music, or other various music listening platforms. And our royalty-free music was provided by Epidemic Sound. If you're interested, you can sign up using our referral link in the show description. Terms and conditions apply. So what was that thing you wanted to mention, the little anecdote? So not related to any of these streaming platforms. It's actually related to a movie that I watched in theaters, the third one, and features an Asian-American actress. The movie is called Mission Impossible 3, and the actress is Maggie Q. Mm -hmm. So in this scene i think they were in saudi arabia for that like infamous action scene that is awesome by the way in mission Boss, where he like traverses like that tower but i think maggie q shows up obviously in a lamborghini and like a like a dress and everything right and she has to like steal i think a key card or something from this guy that is like on the red carpet or whatever so she has to trip so she is also like uh as a spy she is like her identity is like some celebrity asian celebrity right so she does the tripping steals the card and she is supposed to say we can swear here right yeah okay she says right oh i'm very clumsy you know i'm careless right but instead because her accent is not great she says which means I am fucking stupid. Man, I forgot about that. I've, oh, man. How long ago did Mission Impossible 3 come out? I will never forget this faux pas because it was 
the most relatable as a kind of an Asian American and the dumbest like thing to mess up. And also like of all like the mispronunciations that a lot of Asian Americans who can't who has a accent, this is like the worst one. Well, pretty egregious, right? You went from saying I'm very careless to I'm fucking stupid. What I would love to see is imagine like a Chinese movie or even just like a Japanese series and you get like people like dubbers, but they dub it in broken Japanese because they're like American born Japanese or Bro. Chinese, a Canadian born Japanese. This, it, you know, like those like comedic game shows like Laughing Man or whatever. This is what you should do. You should grab the Japanese dubbers to do the English dubbing and grab the English dubbers to do the Japanese dubbing and see how it goes. Yeah, actually, do you remember? Uh, Pro ZD did an episode about that with like official subs and Wait, fan really? subs. Yeah, he did an episode. I'll, I'll show it to you later. It's it's fucking amazing. Um, but yeah, I think good good time to stop now. Or, yeah, yeah. <laughs> or everyone just... in the theater laughed their asses off. So I'm glad everyone picked up on that. Yeah. So yeah, that pretty much wraps up our discussion on. Uh, anime streaming platforms and mi3 for some reason uh, but uh yeah we hope you uh, enjoyed this uh, we we are testing this redux format uh for other genres down the road uh so you know if you're listening to this and you're on our discord or you have our email or you can you know follow us on x formerly twitter and let us know what of our former episodes or genres that you want to hear us redo um we're, yeah. we're all we're all ears for that and if we get enough like support for a particular topic we might do more than once every year. Who knows? So that is GAP Redux. That is me. And that is Will. Any last words, Will? I thought MI2 was the best of the Mission Impossible movies. Holy fuck. Are you really going to do that no, now? No, I'm joking. Bye. John Woo.